Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Second line. It announced the recall of its oversized tablet. After faulty batteries caused some headsets, handsets, excuse me, to burst into flames during charging. Since then, airline and air safety agencies around the world have warned passengers against using them on flights. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission uh, urged Note 7 owners to stop using the device. Shares in the firm, this would be shares, uh, corporate shares in Samsung that are traded on the markets, of course. South Korea's largest by value dropped 7% in just two days. It closed at a one and a half million won, South Korean won, which is worth about $1,300 a share on the Seoul stock market. This is the lowest it's been in two months. Uh, I don't find the fact that it's dropped 7% extraordinary. And the fact that it's down to the lowest level in two months, well, that's interesting, but it's not earth-shattering. I mean, a lot of things are down at the level they were two months ago. Doesn't prove anything. You know, two months, all right, fine, we haven't made any gains in two months. But that doesn't signal the end of the world. Nevertheless, it was the biggest daily drop in the firm's share price so far this year and shaved about 15 trillion won, that's about $13 billion, off the firm's total value. The fallout from the recall, which involves 2.5 million handsets sold so far in 10 countries, may slash the firm's profit later this year by more than $900 million. In a widely reported case last week, a Florida man allegedly saw his car catch fire after he left a Note 7 charging inside of it uh, with images on social media showing a Jeep engulfed in flames. Well, those are the kinds of images that have to give corporations, I don't know, it's got to increase their pulse. It's got to be, it's terrible for business. I've seen some evidence that it was, so far it's been about 24 of these smartphones per million have actually burst into flame. That doesn't sound like a lot to me. Nevertheless, the consequences are enormous to the corporation. And it's, it's interesting, just to look at it from the perspective of every corporation in the world that generates a product, um, they've got to be careful. They've got to be extraordinarily careful, because if they make a mistake like this, and all of a sudden people's Jeeps start bursting into flames, that's an image that's going to cause Samsung a fall in sales that's going to be significant. And in theory, you can, you can imagine where these kinds of problems promoted or, or advertised over the Internet might be enough to put some corporations completely out of business. I mean, you make one itsy-bitsy mistake on your batteries, and the next thing you know, uh, you're out of business. Uh, you can see why Samsung is reacting so extraordinarily 
to this to this problem. They want all of the Note 7 smartphones delivered back to to uh, Samsung to be repaired and have a new battery installed that will not that is not prone to burst into flames. They're going to provide you bring your bring your Note 7 down to the local store where you purchased it. They will allegedly give you an alternative phone to use while your phone is being fixed. Samsung is doing everything it can, so that I can see, to try to deal with this problem. But the damage is going to be enormous. And what caused this? We can sit back and say it was an oversight, um, some sort of a technological mistake, and that may be all it was. But it may also be that somebody said, look, we can put, we've got two batteries we can use, and this one costs 50 cents each less than the other one. Let's put the cheaper one in there and save the 50 cents because after we sell 5 million of these things, that'll translate into $2.5 million in profit or whatever. It may be that someone simply made a financial decision. Next thing you know, that decision may have consequences that certainly has a huge adverse effect on the corporation and, in theory, could even put the corporation out of business. Now, I'm not in anticipating that Samsung is going out of business, but it's going to be a while. I mean, if you've got one of those Note 7s and say, okay, let's send, I'm going to send it in, they're going to fix it and bring it back, and I'll just plug it in, and I'll just plug it in and let it charge overnight out in the kitchen. Or maybe I'll plug it in and let it charge uh, from the from the car. Who is going to trust that new device? I mean, it'll probably be okay. I get that. I doubt there'll be any problems with it. But still, if you have a phone device that you've been using, a smartphone you've been using that you know has had a problem bursting into flames, if you send it in and they claim they fixed the problem, how comfortable will you be using that product? How soon will you buy another Samsung uh, smartphone? Uh, this is the consequences of what may be Statistically, a, a small problem. We're talking about a fraction of a percent. Nevertheless, it might be enough to uh, do great harm to the Samsung Corporation. And the same thing could be said of IBM, uh, General Motors, Apple. Any of these, cons these product failures, they, they put enormous pressure on corporations. Um, they better if you're going to put a product, and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's 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 just corporations are vulnerable. You'd better generate a good product, and this has more to do with the internet perhaps than anything else. You know, there was a time not that long ago if 24 phones out of a million burst into flames. How many, how many of these reports would reach the mainstream media? How many would meet, reach the public? And the answer is not many. But because of the Internet, you see these problems start to, start to pop up, and all of a sudden it spreads across the world. News of the product spreads, spreads rapidly, virally, globally. And you can be put out of business because of the Internet. Well, the competition is extraordinary, and it puts everyone under a great deal of stress.
I've got an article here from uh, Wall Street Journal originally. It was the article is actually from Newsmax, but it references a Wall Street Journal article, uh, and the headline is "Recessions Usually Strike Near Elections." Most economists, when asked by the Wall Street Journal to assess their the odds of a recession in the next year, have continued to place the odds at about one in five. Not a prediction of imminent doom, but double the odds of a year ago. Gregory Daco, chief uh, U.S. Econo- economist for Oxford Industries, said the omen of economic downturn continues to loom because there is a lot weighing on the upcoming elections. I don't believe that. I think that's bunk. What's weighing on the uh, what's happening in this next election, as with any election, is that the incumbent politicians want to be reelected. So they don't want a recession in 2016. They don't want a recession right before the election because they'll be blamed for it and possibly voted out of office. And therefore, like a middle-aged man uh, sucking in his gut when a pretty girl walks by, the politicians are doing all they can to deceive the voters into thinking the incumbents, the economy is solid, and the incumbents are fit to be reelected. Once the election is passed, however... And politicians can stop sucking in their guts, let it all hang out, and have a recession. In fact, immediately after an election is the ideal time for a recession. Why would that be? Because a recession right after an election can be blamed on the previous president or the previous Congress. After the Bush administration, the Republicans lost the election in in 2008, we almost instantly slipped into a recession. Obama blamed Bush in the Great Recession for, uh, uh, they blamed Bush for the Great Recession that lasted for most of the next seven, eight years. Uh, and they say the recession ended in 2009, I'm not convinced. But Bush, Obama said, well, I blame that all on George W. Bush. <clears throat> it's convenient. They don't want the recession before the election because incumbents get voted out of office. If they have the recession right after the election, the incumbents are in, they're safe, they don't have to worry about it. Um, They have two years to solve the problem. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and need to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice actually have a mobile showroom so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times but I've done it many many times so give me a phone call and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot and it's all free of charge. That's Floor of Houston. PetFloors.com As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress and pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are ready, the Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody invests the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day. One question, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Live from Houston, Texas, a man who calls it like he sees it, without the normal political correctness he may have grown comfortable with. It's time for the Texas Perspective on current news and events. This show is not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Chances are you will learn something and along the way get to hear some great music from bands you may have missed. The doctor is in, and he will see you now. Well, I guess we better get on with it. Well, we had better get on with it. The doctor is live and on the air. Doc Green, Raging Elephants Radio. I don't know what's going on with my YouTube feed here. I'm just having a lot of issues trying to get that to work. It says I've got a lot of dropped frames, and God knows I pay enough to uh, Comcast that I should not have that issue. So we're not sure what, what exactly is going on there. But uh, we're here. we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Texas. We're going to talk about uh, Hillary. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. 
And we're also going to go live on Facebook. See how long that works. So uh, there we are. We're live on Facebook as well on the Doc Green Show. Hashtag Amazing Doc Green Show. And if you want to be part of the show, all you got to do is give me a call, 1-800-932-1980, 1-800-932-1980. So uh, be a part of the Doc Green Show, and we'll love to have you here. One of the problems that we're having here is my local school district, Cypress Fairbanks ISD. Cypher ISD has decided that the best way that they can help us here in Texas is, first of all, quit having prayer when they open their school board meetings. Yeah, we want to quit that. What we want to do is we want to start having a moment of silence when we have uh, our school board meetings. Well, as you know, Monday night, a few of us took exception to that, so we showed up over there when they called for their moment of silence. uh, A bunch of us stood up and began to recite the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, of course, is not actually a prayer per se. The Lord's Prayer is a model for prayer. But nonetheless, we made the point. We got to say that. And it was great. And after we said the Lord's Prayer, then uh, they uh, immediately uh, wanted to go forth with the meeting. They had a color guard there led by the ROTC people. And I'll talk about that in a minute, too. But they decided to just skip the Texas Pledge. Now, If you're not a Texan, you might not understand why that's important. But as a Texan, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to the Texas flag is very important to me. And so I wanted to make sure that that got said. When they decided to just ignore it, I decided to leave that myself. And I just uh, started right off. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to the Texas one nation under God, one and indivisible. So... And a lot of people joined me on that. If you looked at the video, there was a couple of people who said, what, what, what? and then they, they started to get up and uh, join me. But, of course, by the, it's such a short pledge. By the time they figured out what was going on and actually stood up, it was over already. So um, we did that. Now, the other interesting thing about that was they had the ROTC. The ROTC was uh, – I think it had three three girls and two boys in the ROTC color guard. And the leader of the ROTC color guard, uh, she was a master sergeant in ROTC, was a very cute little four-foot-one uh, Hispanic girl. And she sounded like a four-foot-one Hispanic girl. So if you can imagine her trying to give commands, forward, uh, hush, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty amusing. Except for the fact that this is the future of America. When I was growing up, we didn't have women in ROTC. The reason we didn't have women in ROTC was because we were trying to create a fighting force. We were trying to bring young men into the idea of being in a military environment, learning how to work together, learning how to follow orders from a superior officer. And the reason we were doing that is because we used to understand the possibility of war was always just around the corner. And if we did not prepare ourselves to fight that war, we were going to lose. But I'm just going to tell you right now, the pussification of our society has to stop. And we're not stopping it. We're letting it go forward. Everybody probably thought that was way cute. I didn't say anything at the meeting. 
But it's not cute, guys. It is not cute at all. There's a place for women. And that place is in the home raising the children. Back in the 60s and the 70s, a single person in the home, that would be dad, would get a job. He would go out and he would work hard. And he would bring home the bacon and when he got home, that was enough to make the house payment. It was enough to make the car payment. They only had one car because they only needed one car because dad was the only one doing any driving to speak of. Um, and mom stayed at home and took care of the kids, kept the house clean, and had dinner ready when dad got home. And then they had enough money to take the whole family and go out to the movies on the weekend. They did all of that with one bread earner, and that one bread earner worked typical 45, 50-hour week, and life was good in America. So, um, oh, Dave Wilson has joined me. He was, he was actually uh, the leader of that group that went over there to the Fair ISD. He said uh, he did an interview on ABC 13 here in Houston this morning, so uh, we might get a little bit more publicity on that. That is good news. Oh, and... The talented and uh, attractive Bonnie Lugo has joined us. Bonnie Lugo, former SREC member, State Republican Executive Committee member, very well-placed and and completely well-versed in Texas politics. So back to my point. We used to have a society where one breadwinner in the family was enough. We now have a society where dad works his fool head off, I don't know anybody that doesn't put in at least a 60-hour work week anymore. So we've got a society where dad is working a 60-hour work week. Mom is working a 40 to 45-hour work week. The kids are fending for themselves. And this is why society is self-destructing all around us. Something has, well, I'll tell you what it is. It's taxes. 60% of everything you buy, 60% of everything you pay for is taxes. That is wrong. It shouldn't be that way. This is what happens when the government takes all of the money and doesn't leave anything for the people. So this is what you're seeing. This is what you're witnessing. 60% of everything you pay when you buy a product is taxes at the various different levels. If you caught the Apostle Claver show yesterday at Raging Elephants Radio, you heard a lot from Terry Hall about what is going on with Texas road taxes and how the we're not taking in enough money to pay for the roads, and the money that's coming in to pay for the roads is going to other things. Taxes, out-of-control government. Well, I'm going to talk about how to solve some of that, but I've digressed. I want to go back to the Cypress Fairbanks ISD. The Cypress ISD held a progressive education conference entitled Leadership RRR. The RRR stands for Rigor, I think that's short for Rigor Mortis, Relationship and Relevance. One thing you'll learn when you study what the educrats are up to behind the scenes They will change the definition of words to accomplish their liberal progressive agenda. Rigor is not defined in our education system today as making students study and work harder. No, today, rigor is the diminishment of academic content and creating an education system where they have social, emotional learning. That's the new new thing. Social, emotional learning, transforming our society. 
rigor, relationship, and relevance. Whatever happened to reading, writing, and arithmetic? None of the speakers or consulting firms invited to speak at this conference were there to address academic content. No, it was all about transforming what the students were being taught. SciFair's Leadership Conference hired a progressive consulting firm known as New Frontier 21. And I know some of you guys listening in other states, you need to look into this and see what's going on in your state. So um, anyway, they hired this New Frontier 21 group after learning the Texas Association of Academic Development invited them to their conference. SciFair paid Frontier 21 $6,500 in speaking fees. Now, I know compared to Hillary, that's chump change. It's nothing. But I've also found where SciFair paid them a $5,500 speaking fee in 2011. New Frontier 21 is owned and operated by Dr. Anthony Muhammad, who is from Dearborn, Michigan. Now, that should run chills down your spine. Anthony Muhammad from Dearborn, Michigan. Let me tell you about Dearborn, Michigan. Some of you guys, I don't know, Natalie has joined us. Nice to see you, Natalie. Peggy Barnett has joined us. And uh, Nino Castandiello, my, my buddy there in the uh, AV business, joined us. And Brenda has joined us. Guys, have you looked at Dearborn, Michigan? Have you seen what has happened to Dearborn, Michigan? Dearborn, Michigan used to be a glittering jewel in the crown of America. Dearborn, Michigan is now a hellhole. Dearborn, Michigan is a Muslim hellhole. And it's filled with a Muslim hell, and it smells like a Muslim town. In Dearborn, Michigan, Muslims make sure that Christians are arrested if they protest Islam. In Dearborn, Michigan, once a glittering jewel in the crown of America, it is now worse than a third world country. It looks like freaking Afghanistan or something. Because anything that Islam touches turns to crap. Islam has no redeeming values. I'm sorry if that, no, I'm not sorry if that offends you. I don't care if it offends you. Islam has no redeeming values, period. Why is SciFair Independent School District bringing a guy named Muhammad in and paying him an outrageous fee to lecture us, to tell us how to educate our children? Islam is the scourge of the world. Islam is all about eliminating liberty. Islam is about eliminating women's rights. You know what Islam teaches? Islam teaches that young girls should have their labia removed because they don't want them to experience pleasure during sexual intercourse. That's Islam. Islam teaches that Jews must be killed. In their Quran, it says this phrase, there's a Jew behind me, come and kill him. Islam preaches that all Jews must be killed. Why are we partnering with Islam? What the hell is going on? Well, it's hell. Hell, plain and simple, brought to us by Islam. A lot of the Islamics are looking for the 12th imam to spring forth from the well. The 12th imam, the description of the 12th imam is identical with that of the Antichrist listed in the book of Revelation in the Bible. 
Their 12th imam is the Antichrist. And if you do research on Islam, you're going to find this. Allah, the moon god, also known as Mephistopheles, also known as Satan, Allah, the moon god, is Satan. That's why the uh, crescent moon is a symbol of Islam. This is a horrible, backwards religion. And let me tell you exactly how Islam works for those of you that do not know. Some of you may remember that you have, you may have seen that show, The Highlander. It used to be on TV. I loved it. The Highlander was about a group of immortals. But the byline was, in the end, there can be only one. Well, that is Islam. In the end, there can be only one. Because, first of all, if you are a member of Islam, you have a requirement to kill all the Jews. You must kill every Jew that you see. After you've killed all of the Jews, you must kill all of the infidels, all of the unbelievers, all of the Christians. They have to be killed. After you've killed all of the unbelievers and the Christians, you have to kill, and maybe simultaneously, you have to kill all of the bad Muslims. That's why the Sunnis hate the Shiites, and that's why the Shiites hate the Sunnis, and that's why they bomb each other all the time at the wedding. And then when they have the funeral for the people that got bombed at the wedding, then they show up at the funeral and kill each other again. This is Islam. There are no redeeming features in Islam. There is nothing good in Islam, and Islam must be eradicated from the shores of the United States if the United States is to be saved. Why in the world is Cypher Independent School District, right here in Houston, northwest Houston, partnering with anyone named Muhammad? And here's the worst part. They're getting ready to have this guy come and speak again. Coming up again, he's going to come here and speak to us and teach us how to teach our children. Guys, gals, this is horrible. This is bad. You've got to put a stop to it. Islam must not be allowed to come here. It needs to be like over there in Sweden, you know, where those mosques have started burning down and the police can't find any leads. We need that going on here. We need mosques burned down, and, and the police need to not be able to find any leads. Now, how do we solve this problem? Well, we solve this problem by using their own religion against them. If you, was to, if you were going to attack a mosque, you would put on a burqa. Because if you put on a burqa, nobody knows whether you're a man or a woman. Nobody really knows how tall you are. Nobody knows what weapons you have underneath your, your skirt there. And so you put on your burqa, and that way you can go and commit whatever crimes need to be committed to get rid of Islam. Islam must be destroyed. It cannot be allowed to live among us. Islam will destroy everything that you care about. All you got to do is take a look at Dearborn, Michigan, and there is your example here in the United States. Look at what is going on in France right now. What is the problem? Islam. What about the Chechens? Do you ever wonder about the Chechen rebels? They're Muslims. They're destroying Russia. ISIS is Islam. 
how in the world are we letting this happen in the United States? And how in the world are we letting this happen here in Houston? Anthony Muhammad, the CEO of New Frontier 21 Consulting, a good friend of Nation of Islam leader Louis the Farrakhan, this is the guy. And it says here that he's one of the most sought-after educational consultants in North America. He currently serves as CEO of New Frontier 21, a consulting company dedicated to providing cutting-edge professional development to schools all over the world. He has served as a practitioner for nearly 20 years. Dr. Muhammad served as the middle school teacher, assistant principal, middle school principal, high school principal. His tenure as a practitioner has earned him Many awards as both a teacher and a principal. Dr. Muhammad is recognized as one of the world's leading experts in the area of school culture and and organizational climate. Culture and climate. His work has allowed him to work with schools in all 50 United States and 10 Canadian provinces. The Caribbean, South America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Dr. Muhammad is a best-selling author. He wrote the book, The Will to Lead and the Skill to Teach, Transforming Schools at Every Level, Transforming School Culture, How to Overcome Staff Division and Get Everybody on Board with Islam. This should scare the hell out of you. But we're doing it right here. What about your your kids in your school? What are they being taught? Do you have this new Frontier 21 uh, thing going on in your schools? Because I assure you, it's not just in Texas. I guarantee you, it's all over the United States. I mean, there's nothing good about Islam. Not a thing. Not a thing. Not one thing. Look what they do to their women. Islam teaches, and I I will quote it as close as I can, if there is no woman, then it's okay to use an animal. But after you've used the animal, you must kill the animal, and you cannot sell it to your brethren. You have to, if you're going to sell it, you have to take that down the road to another village and sell it to them because that animal is defiled. Yes, that's Islam. That's what Islam teaches. I am so grateful to my pastor when our local mosque, just a few blocks from here, invited a pastor to bring some of the men over there and join them for a worship service. My pastor said no. Yeah, Janice says, is it too late to do something? That's a question that I've asked myself. Is it too late to do something? I don't know, Jana. I really don't. That's one of the reasons why I preach Texas independence, because I think it is too late to save the United States. And let's take a look at Hillary. Hillary is in bed, literally, with Islam. She's getting tons of money from the Arabs. Is that what you want? Crooked Hillary? The woman is ill. She is sick. She is evil. She wants to bring more Islam to the United States. 
Donald Trump, on the other hand, has called for a total moratorium on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Producer Frank has that chimed in and says, well, they do throw homos off the roof, so maybe there is one redeeming feature. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a homosexual and you're sporting Hillary, remember Hillary is sporting Islam, and Islam will kill you if you're a homosexual simply for being a homosexual. Guys, this is serious, serious stuff. That's why I'm bringing it to you now. I want you to understand, if it's going on here in Houston, right right smack dab in the middle of the Bible Belt, it's going on everywhere. Now, Natalie said, well, I know I won't be sending my kids there. Natalie, let me tell you what you should be doing with your children. You should be homeschooling your children. Yes, you can do it. You're smart enough. You're way smarter than most of these teachers that we have. Oh, there are some good teachers out there. There just are not many. But you're way smarter than those teachers. You can homeschool. You can do a better job. You know what you need to do? You need to look at how our founding fathers were educated. Look at the education that George Washington got. He was homeschooled. Look at the education that Nathaniel Green, the greatest general perhaps of the Revolutionary War, look at the education that Nathaniel Green got. Homeschooled. Look at the education that Samuel Adams got. Thomas Jefferson. Homeschooled. Well, Natalie, you eventually will have children. I've seen you. There's no question about it. Somebody, somebody is going to sweep you off your feet, and you will have children. They're going to be good-looking kids, too. You've got to consider homeschool. Now, if you are absolutely convinced there's no possible way that you can homeschool, what is your second choice? Your second choice is a good Christian school. That includes Catholic schools. It does not include the Harmony School System. If you have the Harmony School System in your area, and trust me, they're taking over Houston. They've got them all over the place. That is run by Islam. It is there for the sole purpose of indoctrinating you in Islam. We covered a story here on my show a year or two ago, how in Lumberton, over there in uh, southeast Texas, they had Islam Day, where they taught everybody Islam. Actually, it's Islam Week. And one of the days of the week, they had all the girls uh, that, that were willing to volunteer, put on burqas and wear those for a day, because they wanted to teach them about Islam. They taught them the seven pillars of Islam. This is not acceptable. Warren says, well, my daughter's a teacher. Well, Warren, if you're listening to this show, she's probably a great teacher. But there aren't enough of them. My sister's a teacher, by the way. Tammy Brogdon, who is in school right now, so she's not here in the chat, but she's a teacher. There are good teachers out there, but the point is public school has been compromised. Public school cannot be trusted. Public school is turning out a horrible quality of product. You cannot put your children into public school. Your choice is homeschool or religious school, preferably Christian. And once again, they've cut me off on Facebook. I don't know why they do that. They, they used to say that it was because my network was weak, but I guarantee you I've got as much Wi-Fi network as I can get. So I don't know what that deal is. 
But, uh, yeah, Natalie reminded me that Donald Trump wants to put in a temporary ban on Islam. Trust me, we need to have a permanent lifetime ban on Islam. Islam is not acceptable. We must get away from Islam. All right, guys, I'm going to hit a break. We're going to be right back on the Doc Green Show. Got a lot of more for you. So uh, now's a good time to invite your friends and tell them to get on over here on the Doc Green Show. But for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. 
At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. That's right. We are broadcasting from the SelfDefenseFund.com studios. Yours truly, Doc Green, on the microphone. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. You can go ahead and hit share on that Facebook thing, and then uh, we can get a lot of people loaded up here on Facebook. Seems to be working better. Uh, Peggy Barnett, one, one of my faves. I found out that Peggy was a good friend of my friend, Johnny Johnson, who uh, was for uh, many years my, my pilot. And uh, Johnny uh, owned a nice plane, and we flew all over the United States together, and, and we had a good time. Um, this is sort of interesting. Ellis County, Texas. A fed-up mother of five addresses the commissioners about a judge's request to get a $70,000 a year pay raise. She came out swinging and used the quote from John Adams. The quote was, Be not intimidated nor suffer yourselves to be wheedled out of your liberties by any pretense of politeness, delicacy, or decency. These are often used, but are three different names for hypocrisy, chicanery, and cowardice. At the end of her rent to expose the increased tax rate, which is more theft upon the citizens of her county, all this Winnellis County residents don't even bring in that much on their own, the average median income being just over $61,000 a year. She protruded a loud verbal spear that brought shock and awe for the cause of liberty, because not enough people are standing up to their public servants, and we need to have more of that. So she stood up against the unjust, authoritative actions from a police officer who was trying to question her minor son during a traffic stop and was subsequently arrested for not getting back into the vehicle when she was ordered to do so. Not long ago, she was also thrown into a conference room where she was temporarily detained because she had a craft knife and her briefcase. Wherever you are listening to me today, I don't care where you are, you need to stand up to tyranny. And I appreciate, we're going to talk about national politics today. We are because it is important, but I am encouraging every one of you, no matter where you are, to find out who is running your local government. All politics is local. My good friend, George Rodriguez, frequently has said that you need to pay attention to who is on your city council, who is on your school board. So I brought that uh, first story to you today. Who's on that school board? Are you uh, talking to those people? You need to know who these people are. And for some of my younger listeners, like, like, uh, like Michelle, she's still a young girl, like Natalie, have you considered running for school board? Have you considered running for your homeowners association? Have you considered running for your state rep? Because these are things that all of you could do, and you need to. We need you involved in these things. Natalie, seriously, you should be running for some sort of political office right here. We've got to stand up for liberty. We've got to have young people that are going to stand up for liberty. 
If we don't, this sort of thing is going to continue to happen. Uh, give you another perfect example. Paradise Bingo Hall right here in Houston was breached by the Sheriff's Department. A dozen people had their guns and ammo and money seized during the raid on Wednesday. Under the uh, control of District Attorney Devin Anderson, don't forget that Devin Anderson is the same one that when uh, when we had uh, the guy going in and filming Planned Parenthood, uh, talking about selling baby parts and about delivering babies whole and perfect so that the entire body could be sold, um, when uh, the, the guy exposed David Delayden, when he exposed that, Devin Anderson is the one who went after him and, and uh, tried to charge him with fraud because he was using a fake driver's license in order to get into the Planned Parenthood clinic and expose their wrongdoing, their baby killing over there. Yeah, that's the same Devin Anderson that led this raid here. So uh, Harris County investigators claimed that the guns in the place were bought with money from a state-licensed gambling operation. They brought in some $15 million in earnings since uh, January of 2012. Lieutenant Ruben Diaz for the Harris County Sheriff's Department used fear and far-fetched predictions and ignored the right of the people to keep and bear arms. He cried out, there was literally enough ammunition in there to start a small war in this area if they wanted. Now, excuse the hell out of me. God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, in Luke 22 and 36, write it down, Luke 22 and 36, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, if you don't have a gun, if you don't have a gun, sell your coat and buy one. That's what he said. If the Lord Jesus Christ told you that if you don't have a gun to sell your coat and buy one, is that a command? Is that a request? That was a command. And why did he give that command? He said, because you're going to need it to defend yourself against an out-of-control government. You're going to need it to defend yourself against tyrants. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ gave that command. The Second Amendment so the United States Constitution does not grant you anything. The Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, what used to be considered foundational law, by the way, recognizes a God-given right. Recognizes a God-given right. You understand what I'm saying to you? It doesn't give you any rights. The Bill of Rights does not give you any rights. It recognizes the God-given rights that you already have that the government cannot touch. So why is it you're always hearing about these people getting arrested? Oh, my God, they had guns. They had guns. They had a lot of guns. Yeah, this story goes on. It says, yeah, they took 90 firearms, some body armor, and a few cases of ammunition, which was all discovered when they decided to blatantly violate the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment says you have the right to be secure in your persons and your property against unreasonable search and seizure. And it says that if you're going to search somebody, you have to have a search warrant that says exactly what you're looking for and exactly where you expect to find it, and you have to be suspected of having committed a crime. Well, that didn't happen here. 
What we have here is the thin blue line gang stealing whatever they please, marking it as evidence, stacking it in a big box truck, and driving away with it. Well, 10 of these defendants showed up in court on Friday, last Friday, and Stephen St. Martin, the lawyer for Robert Jones, who co-owns the bingo hall, argued strongly against the flawed investigation and stood strong defending Mr. Jones' right to own and possess firearms. How is this going on? This is right here in Houston. You can, look, guys, here in Texas, you can't do this everywhere, but here in Texas, you can vote a straight ticket. You know, you can go in there and you just hit the arm, walk away. Well, go ahead and do that if that's what you want to do. But then you've got to go back to where uh, the dirty DA, Devin Anderson, oh, I know she's cute. But that woman is ugly inside. She is, she's got a heart as black as coal. You've got to go back, and you've got to undervote Devin Anderson. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to vote for the Democrat, because I don't know that she's any better than Devin Anderson, but you cannot vote for Devin Anderson. You've got to undervote that, because that's how you at least send a message that you're not happy. And that also sends the message, and thank you, Scott Ford, for pointing this out, that Devin Anderson is vulnerable, and that will encourage other people to run against her in the next election cycle. Rick Perry appointed Devin Anderson when her husband died. So he, we have freaking dynasties here. Her husband died, so he said, well, the best person to fill that would be his wife. Really? That's why Rick Perry sucks. That's just one of the many reasons. Anyway, so far, Devin Anderson blabbed, we have seized hundreds of thousands of dollars. As we look more closely at their bank accounts, we're anticipating that we're going to seize more money. At this one location, they had several safes and tens of thousands of dollars, and some of the safes were very difficult to find. We discovered hidden rooms and a bunker with a huge walk-in safe like the kind they have in a bank. So apparently, if you make too much money and you choose to store it on your private property, that's a problem with the state government. Now, I'm asking you, what the hell is going on again? Is it illegal to make money? Is it illegal to make a profit in a legitimate licensed business running a bingo hall? Number one. Number two. Is it illegal to have weapons on your private property in your bingo hall? Number three, is it illegal to have a safe in your private bingo hall? Uh, these are questions that have to be answered. So apparently if you make too much money and you store it on your private property, well, then the state's got to come in and take that. Devin Anderson said, let it be known there are other investigators who are targeting multiple game room owners to find the money and other valuable assets so they also can be robbed by the state. She's using the excuse of public safety to expose these business owners' possible violent rage, raids and government theft. Her claim is these game rooms have attendees that are criminals and the possibility of violent crimes. I mean, somebody could come to these bingo halls and, and commit violent crimes. It hasn't happened. But it could. Yeah, Devin Anderson took front and center of the news camera to spew her business-killing fear-mongering. said, don't go to these places. Don't go to these game rooms. 
First of all, you're getting ripped off because they can manipulate these machines. They're stealing from you. Well, wait a minute. Is she talking about these bingo halls or is she talking about the voting machines in Harris County? Yeah. Is she talking about bingo halls or is she talking about voting machines in Harris County when she talks about manipulating these machines and they're stealing from you? She said, secondly, they're putting your life in danger. Really? Why? How? It's the freedom of the customer to choose where they want to go for entertainment, isn't it? Does the state get to make those decisions? This is just like the raid on the Republic of Texas meeting. The Republic of Texas. The Republic of Texas is a group of individuals who believe in Texas independence, and they've been studying the laws and the history of Texas, trying to prove that Texas was not properly inducted into the Union, and because of that, that Texas should be released from the Union. That's who's in the Republic of Texas. They're a bunch of peaceful individuals. They're mostly business owners, farmers, ranchers, doctors, lawyers, good people. I know a number of them. Most of the ones I have met have advanced degrees, very personable, well-educated individuals. Yet February the 14th, two years ago, they were having a meeting at the VFW Hall where they had a meeting every month. They were celebrating the birthday of one of the members. They had a birthday cake. In comes Ken Paxton. Actually, his representative, Ken, didn't personally get his hands dirty, but he set his rep down there with several alphabet agencies, the ATF, FBI. Um, I don't remember all of them, but 21 different law enforcement agencies swooped in Locked all the doors, said nobody's leaving, nobody in, nobody out. Fingerprint everybody, we want all of your phones, we want all of your computers, give us all your precious metals. I want all of your notes, I want everything that you brought here today, I'm taking it. That's what they did to these people, they kept them there for four hours. One guy was, was so upset, he had a heart attack, they had to send him into the hospital, of course he was advanced in age, and quite frankly the average age of these people was probably somewhere in their 60s. And yet, that's okay. That's okay. Where are you hearing that news anywhere? And then they came to Doc Krupa, walked into his clinic, and arrested him on trumped-up charges, simulating a legal document. That's what he was uh, charged with. And he's still on probation, ruining his life, lost his medical practice, had to start all over again because this is all on the news. Guys, what happened to the nation? I mean, remember that movie, Dude, Where's My Car? I'm saying, Dude, Where's My Country? I thought I was growing up in a free country. So when Devin Anderson says, don't go to these game rooms, you're getting ripped off, they can manipulate these machines, they're stealing from you, they're putting your life in danger, I'm here to tell you, the ones that are putting your life in danger that are ripping you off, the government, your government, they're the ones that are putting you in danger. They're the ones that are ripping you off. This is not acceptable. The state is going to continue to put its boot on the necks of the citizens until we stand up and scream and say no more. And Andrea Sparsa, don'tcomply.com. 
Andreas Barza, don'tcomply.com. You guys need to check that website out. It's a good, good, good website. And I strongly recommend that you, uh, that you check that out and get to know those guys. But how is this acceptable to you, to any of us? And the answer is, well, it's not acceptable to any of us. You guys remember right after uh, Barack Obama got elected, the Hooterie militia? You remember that? Yeah, he went on a manhunt, hunted down the members of the Hooterie militia, charged them with conspiracy to kill police officers, put them in jail, took over two years for that case to make it to court, and when it made it to court, the judge listened to that case for about 15 minutes and said, what the heck are you doing? You guys haven't committed any crimes. And he threw it out. But for two years, these guys' lives were made a living hell by the federal government of the United States. How is this acceptable to you? The problem is you don't hear this in the mainstream media. You've got to come someplace like the Amazing Doc Green Show. You've got to go to Raging Elephants Radio. You've got to listen to American Voice Radio, which I'm broadcasting on all across the United States. And if you're listening to American Voice Radio, the Doc Green Show, on a terrestrial radio station, please contact me on Facebook and let me know where you are listening. Or you can send me an email. You can send me an email. It's really easy. Doc at avexpert.us. Doc at avexpert, A-V like audio, video, expert.us. Send me an email. I want to know where you're listening at. And, uh, in fact, if you send me an email, I'm going to give you an autographed copy of We Defy by Tommy Attaway. I will give you an autographed copy of that book just for letting me know where you're listening. A harebrained scheme, that's what they're calling it. This happened in the Bronx, New York. According to this story, uh, three guys decided they were going to hold up a check cashing store while disguised as Muslims. (laughs) It would have worked, too. They would have got away with it, too. They were going to dress up in Islamic garb and burqas, and they were going to make a fake bomb. Indeed, they did make a fake bomb, and they were going to show up to this check-cashing store on Brookner Avenue in the Bronx, and they're going to rob the place because there's a lot of cash there. The bomb consisted of a handful of road flares wrapped together with tape and a voltmeter. <laughs> so it looked like a, looked like a uh, you know, fake bomb. Oh, Warren's listening from Seguin. But, Warren, you're listening on Facebook. A lot of people are driving around in their cars listening on FM and AM, and that's what I'm trying to find out is where all of those affiliates are for American Voice Radio. Seguin, Texas, of course, named after the great Texas patriot, Juan Seguin. Anyway, this bomb, a bunch of road flares wrapped together with a voltmeter and a fake timer, their, uh, their scheme would have worked except for one of the guys got a little paranoid. He said, oh, my God, what if we get arrested? They were, they were planning on making off with of 100 grand in cash, but they got spooked, and this one guy did, and he went to the cops. Said, uh, he walked into the 42nd precinct there in the Bronx. He said, uh, uh, fellas, 
Uh, some friends of mine are about to rob this here check cashing place, and they're going to come in dressed up as Muslims, and and um, I'm afraid that we might all go to jail, so I'm here to tell you about it. So uh, they intercepted the alleged mastermind of the operation, who was uh, Junil Ali, an Indian fellow, as he was going to pick up the tipster about 1.45 a.m. on Tuesday. They found the hoax bomb, dark-colored robes in the trunk of Ali's car, and according to the criminal complaint filed in federal court, he got the robes from his mother. But he claimed to the feds that, uh, like his accomplice who told the police about his plans, he no longer wanted to commit the robbery. So, anyway, I guess it wasn't, I guess, uh, wasn't my first idea that uh, we should dress up as Muslims and go rob somebody but, or, or go uh, take out a mosque. I guess that wasn't my idea. But I still think it would be pretty cool if you put on a burqa and went to a mosque and, you know, wrap the door handles with bacon and uh, turn the pig loose in the sanctuary. I know that's kind of dangerous because uh, they did find uh, one here in the United States that went into it, and it was loaded with armed weapons, too. But I guess that's okay if it's in a mosque. It's just not okay if it's in a bingo hall. I don't know what you guys think. But wanted to bring that out. Meanwhile, Mexico is building its own wall to stop the stem of illegal immigration into Mexico. How about that? Yep, they're doing it. Because see, Mexico's got a serious illegal immigration problem. They do. So they're building a wall on the uh, on the southern side of Mexico. How do we how do we fix that problem here in the United States? We build our own wall. Now that's what I'm recommending. There's more to that story. I may I may get to that here in a little bit. Oh, the irony, Michelle says, yeah. <laughs> Bury a pig in the yard. That's right. Get out there and bury a pig in the yard. Put on put on your uh, burqa and go do it. We need to do something. Howdy, Tex. Good to see you. Middle of the last execution here in Texas has been more than five months ago. The longest gap since 2008. Well, a hiatus reflected in nationwide pause as the U.S. Supreme Court considers the constitutionality of lethal injection. This time, the reasons for the slowdown are less clear. I'm asking the question right now, why are we slowing down with executions? Is it because the murderers have stopped murdering? Oh, no. No, we've got a record level number of people on death row in Texas. I personally think what they need to do is they need to hire a bunch of people and they need to clear out death row. Yes. Because these people, you don't get convicted of killing somebody unless you did something pretty heinous. Because in modern law, it's almost impossible to convict anybody of, uh, of murder anyway. So if you somehow manage to get convicted of murder, there's no question that you did it. So far this year, we've executed six people in the state of Texas. Now, it is September. We've executed six people in the state of Texas. 
How is that possible? We should be executing we should be executing six people an hour in the state of Texas. We need to get rid of these killers. We need to kill these killers. They should double up on staff. They should buy plenty of supplies. They should get out there and dig some graves and get ready for these guys. I would like to see death row cleaned out. And if I were the king of Texas, I would set a moratorium uh, on, no, not a moratorium, that's not a good word, but I would set a mandate that we clear out death row in six months. Matt Murphy says one of them is his adopted brother. Well, Matt, I don't know if he committed the crime or not. I wasn't there, but apparently he got convicted of a jury of his peers. Death row is costing us billions of dollars. And we need to, I mean, the very idea that in nine months we can execute six murderers, these murderers showed no mercy to their victims. They showed no mercy whatsoever. A lot of them are illegal aliens. Why should they be shown any mercy? If you want to stop a lot of murders here in Texas, you stop it by the very fact that if you if you kill somebody and you get caught, you can know that six months later you're going to be dead. In six months, we should have solved the problem. But the very idea that these guys are still breathing our air, I mean, take take that, um, that Muslim bastard uh, that killed all those guys in Fort Hood. That guy's still breathing your air. Why is he still alive? Why has he not been put away? Why has he not been killed? Thirteen death sentences so far this year have been halted or delayed. Six were stopped by the Texas Supreme Court of Appeals, which recently issued four stays in four weeks. Guys, we should be killing one an hour till we get caught up. All right, I'm going to hit the break. Going to be right back on the Doc Green Show. Share that uh, Facebook stream with your friends. All I got to do is hit share, guys. Going to be right back. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and gear it back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. 
we've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things that they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. And we found Gary with Pep Floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great, the service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. That's Pet Floors of Houston. PetFloors.com. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The doctor is in. Hey, Lisa, good to see you. Glad to have you on the show today. Yeah, uh, Matt sent me uh, this guy right here. I don't know if this is Matt. Uh, is this is somebody that's actually connected? Yeah, apparently it is. Jedediah Murphy. Murderer, kidnapping and robbery. Killed one person. He killed a 79-year-old woman in Dallas, Texas. Back in 2001, he was sentenced to death. Now, he was sentenced to death in 2001. It is 2016. Fifteen years this guy has been on death row. Yep, here's the uh, the story is simply this. He uh, told this woman he needed a ride uh, hitchhiking. She picked him up. Uh, he drove around with her for about 30 minutes. Then he forced her into the trunk, and as she was getting into the trunk, he shot her. Later on, he took her someplace and tried to drown her. Well, he, he succeeded. He killed her. 
Now, why is somebody like that still alive? I That just boggles my mind that that could even still be happening. This thing has been appealed and appealed and appealed. They say that... Uh, uh, the trial court abused its discretion by granting the state's challenge for cause. Guys, this is just totally unacceptable. That's why if I was king, we would just walk in there and uh, we'd start cleaning house. We 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 would clean out death row. We'd do it. We'd do it. I don't know. Maybe we should, uh, you know, have a little bit of. Uh, have a little bit of consideration here. So maybe, I don't know, maybe we should take a week or so to clear out death row in Texas. But there's no excuse for this. It would save the state billions of dollars. And the other thing is, when the word got out that if you kill somebody and you get convicted, you're going to be dead in six months, that would be a huge deterrent to uh, people who want to kill other people. I wanted to go back to this earlier story. I had to find it in another place because they had it uh, they had it covered up, so I couldn't get all of it. And uh, anyway, Donald Trump wants to build a wall, as you know, on our southern border to keep illegal immigrants out. But for people like Rosa, whose husband, mother, sister, brother-in-law, and two nephews were all murdered in Honduras by the gangs. And then they try to recruit her 14-year-old son. Mexico already acts as a formidable barrier. Rosa, who asked that her full name not be used, fled with her two teenage sons, only be trapped in a political controversy that the U.S. Republican candidates put at the heart of his campaign. Zero net immigration of Mexicans into the U.S. and 82% fall in the people caught trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border in the last 10 years. That means that most would-be illegal aliens are detained, that detained there in Mexico are Central Americans. But even without Donald Trump's fortress frontier, Mexico finds itself under increasing pressure to stop the illegal immigration on its own southern border. Wow, who would have thought, right? Borders, language, and culture. Thank you, Dr. Michael Savage. You have to have these three things. You've got to have borders. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. Whatever else you may have, we, you don't have a country. Language. There must be a common language. Absolutely, we should eliminate the uh, speaking of Spanish in America, and particularly in Texas, should just be totally eliminated. Borders, got to have them. Language, you got to speak the same language. You hablo mucho español. Estudio en escuela para dos años. Te gusta mucho comido mexicano. Yeah, I speak Spanish, but I learned to speak Spanish because there are so many Mexicans here that if I'm going to get a job done, I'm going to have to speak Spanish because some of these guys just don't speak any English, but they should be required to. But when I used to go into Mexico back when I was a musician and I was playing a lot of the border towns in Texas, when I used to go into Mexico, I spoke Spanish to the merchants. 
I did not expect them to speak English because I was in Mexico. I expected to speak Spanish. We need to speak English in America. In India, the, the official language of India is English. It's not Hindi. And they got their own Muslim problems in India, trust me. But the official language in India is, um, is English. And that's what it should be here in the United States. That's what it should be in Texaco. Borders and language. Absolutely no Spanish should be spoken in Texas. And our governor, once again, if he were any kind of a man, which he isn't, but if he was, he would stand up and say that. If you're going to come to Texas, be a Texan. And in Texas, we speak English. Culture. Culture. You've got to have a culture. Now, let's face it, the Texas culture is heavily influenced by Mexico. Certainly, one of my favorite foods is Mexican food, and certainly the best Mexican food you're probably going to find anywhere in the world is in Texas. It's even better than it is in Mexico. Because Mexican food, by and large, is just a little bit bland, but Tex-Mex, woohoo! Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like to go out there and get me some really good enchiladas or tamales, and I like to have plenty of breath mints on the side. Some people call those sliced jalapenos. I like breath mints. So give me plenty of breath mints, and, uh, and I like to have a little chili con queso, too, you know. Cheese soup, I call it. <sighs> Borders, language, and culture. you got to have those three things. You eliminate any one of the three things, you've got something, but it's not a country. So Mexico is finding itself with that problem. So at the same time, the Mexican president is trying to abuse Donald Trump for wanting to build a wall. He's down there building his own wall. Sister Magdalena Silva, co-coordinator of Cafe Men, a privately run shelter in Mexico City that takes in uh, illegal alien families, including Rosas, said the current policy is to arrest illegal immigrants in Mexico to stop them from getting to the U.S. border. Well, I got some news for you. This this news story, uh, apparently they didn't listen to my show, or they'd have understood that uh, Mexico and Honduras got together and had a little meeting. And that meeting was that, uh, look, if any of our guys come up through Mexico on their way to the United States, you help them get to the United States, okay? And that was what they agreed. As long as they agreed not to stay in Mexico but go right to the United States, Mexico would help them. The United Nothing estimates that a half a million Central Americans break into Mexico illegally every year. And many of them are fleeing violence. The majority are quickly deported back to their dangerous homes. Doesn't it make you weep that their homes are so dangerous? Why are their homes dangerous? Well, their homes are dangerous because they allowed their political system to become bastardized to the point that the drug cartels are running their country. Their homes are dangerous because they decided that the church was not important. And teaching good morals and biblical values was not important. So consequently, their countries have been destroyed. So that's why they're leaving. I'm saying, no, stay there, fix your country. Start standing up to the drug cartel. Well, we don't have any guns. Well, steal a gun. Do something. Ah, Cousin Mel has joined. Good to see you. Steal a gun, then. 
Maybe the United States, instead of doing the Fast and Furious deal where we gave guns to the cartels down in Mexico, maybe we should go back to what we did in World War II, where we made a bunch of cheap 45s. Oh, yeah, just stamp metal, cheap 45s. And we dropped those. We airlifted those and brought them into Germany and, and France and places like that and, we, and with a note. And the note said, use this gun to get a real gun. I may need to cover that story here on my show one day about how that worked. This is a great story. About how a bunch of people, a bunch of Jews in a ghetto in Germany held off the entire German army for six months with just a couple of guns. So maybe we should do that. Help these people fight back to restore their countries, to kill off the drug cartel members. That would help everybody. Somebody spread that word, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you need to know about this. Anyway. So the current policy, according to Sister Magdalena Silva, is to arrest these illegal aliens and stop them from getting to the U.S. border. Unlike the United States, Mexico has broadened asylum laws to recognize that, the, that those fleeing violence practiced by the street gangs in Honduras and El Salvador can classify someone as a refugee. In other words, some of the people in Mexico will get the same case of stupids that we're running into. But the odds are still stacked against uh, asylum seekers. Mexico deported a record 175,000 Central Americans last year, 68% up from the previous year, and two and a half times that the number deported by the United States. That ought to be bad. How is it that Mexico is deporting more illegal aliens than the United States is? According to this story, the United States is coy about its role in Mexico's crackdown, but is sending $75 million in equipment and training to help Central Americans, uh, to help stop Central Americans from crossing illegally into Mexico. President Enrique Peña Nieto said that making Mexico's border with our friends and neighbors in Central America more secure is of vital importance for Mexico and the United States. Rosa left Tegucigalpa, the Honduran capital, with her two teenage sons in January after a gang tried to recruit one of them on his way home from school. We know when the gang targets someone, they don't leave them alone. They follow through and they threaten them until they either join the gang or they kill them. Well, Rosa, my heart goes out to you. I feel bad for you. But that doesn't give you any kind of a right to come here. That does not give you any kind of a right to come here. This needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. So I'm strongly recommending that we uh, we build a wall. And how can we build a wall? Everybody wants to joke about that. Uh, how are we going to build a wall? Well, it's real simple. All we have to do to build a wall is simply take the money we're currently giving to Mexico and utilize that. Utilize that here. Jeff and IT have a million things to do this morning. Excuse me. Sorry about that. But utilize that here. That's what we have to do. 
not the one I wanted yet either. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to find it. Getting ready to play a little bit of music. We're gonna come back. We're gonna come back here in a second. We're gonna finish up with this story. But uh, this is a great song, and I would like you like you to hear it because I think it's a great song, and it's one that you probably missed. Some of you youngsters out there not familiar. A band known as Wishbone Ash. right back. Hello, Karen. Nice to see you.
And the crowd goes wild. Oh, yeah, a little wishbone ash for you. I know some of my younger listeners uh, don't even know who that is, but they did a bunch of albums. It's a really great band. And you can get all that stuff, uh, you know, Raging Elephant Radio Marketplace. Uh, go to Amazon.com through there, and it's all available to you. So anyway, um, Mexico's thinking about building its own wall. Same time, they're complaining about us building ours. Said that uh, in this sad story here, first Rosa and her sons were shipped to a detention center on the outskirts of Mexico City, and then they were assigned different cell blocks, and limited to three-and-a-half-hour visits per week for three months. Gosh, kind of reminds me of what we're doing here in Dilly, Texas. Anyway, after months in detention, Rosa and her sons were denied asylum. No official reason were given, and the Mexican refugee authorities did not respond to interview requests. She said, it's like getting a cold bucket of water thrown on me. I told them, please, please, we can't go back. She appealed but held out little hope. Eventually, the family was let out of the detention center to wait at Cafe Men, one of only a handful of places in Mexico that specifically cares for illegal aliens who broke into the country. The uh, illegal alien crisis first hit the headlines of Mexico in the summer of 2014 because thousands, indeed it was tens of thousands, of Central American children began to arrive at the U.S. border. And that continues. It's going on now. I mean, I talk to Rusty uh, Monsies uh, every couple of days, and, I mean, what they're doing down there is just terrible. We've got a minimum 5,000 illegal aliens breaking into the country every week, and nothing is being done to stop that. Um, now, we're giving a lot of money to DPS down here, but if you've got a border issue, do you call the cops or do you call the military? I mean, who's responsible for defending a border? Now, I know the argument's always been that, uh, well, that's a federal job. Uh, Texas shouldn't be having to handle that. Not the case, guys. When you know that your house is on fire, and our house is on fire, trust me, and you've called the fire department, the fire department says, well, we're not coming do you sit there and try to cajole the fire department into coming? Or do you say, man, I better put this fire out myself? Because if I don't, they're going to burn my house down and I'm going to go with it. According to this uh, story, despite the rising number of deportations in Mexico, so far this year, 62% of the applications have been accepted. Well, yeah, Mexico's accepting them because they're planning on sending them to the United States. Although Mexico grants asylum to more Central Americans than the United States does, Sister Magdalena estimates that 7 out of 10 people who stay in her shelter still end up heading north. Rosa and her sons just joined that count. After weeks in limbo waiting on the appeal, they finally threw in the towel after the youth witnessed a woman lying in a pool of blood just blocks away from the shelter. So I don't want them to growing up thinking this is normal. It happens everywhere, says Rosa. Well, it is normal, and it is happening everywhere, because this is the world we live in. The family traveling to the U.S. turned themselves in at the U.S. border to ask for asylum. After a few weeks in detention, Rosa and her 14-year-old son were released to live with a family in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, well, Baltimore is so peaceful up there in Baltimore. She won't have any problems there, will she? 
Yeah, because they don't have any murders in Baltimore. There's no drug activity in Baltimore. Oh, there is? It's run by Democrats? The murder rate's out of control? The cops are out of control? Oh, okay, well, and she's just going to love it up there. Rose said, my sons and I want to be in our country, but we just can't. Well, they could. They could have stayed there. They could have solved the problem. They could have fought back. Here's the problem with fighting back. Sometimes it costs you something. Anything worth having is going to cost you something. I always like to go back to the Bible and remember the story of King David before he had taken full authority. He showed up on Onan's threshing floor because he wanted to sacrifice to the Lord and he needed a place to do it. And Onan said, I will just give you the threshing floor. And David replied, I cannot offer up to God that which cost me nothing. I cannot offer up to God that which cost me nothing. Well, guys, we're going to hit a break. If it doesn't cost you something, it's not worth anything. Be right back on the Doc Green Show. The amazing Doc Green Show is on the air. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. 
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. The doctor is in. This amazing live show features local music from the Green Brothers, IUC Swing, Mike Dodson, Old Man Rocket, Ash, and the legendary rhythm band. Parfait, Parfait, 2016, this October 8th in Brookshire, Texas. Yeah, if you guys want to get into ParFest, it's really easy. All you got to do is send me a private message. I will get you all the details. It's free. If you're anywhere in the uh, northwest Houston area, if you're within an hour drive, it's a free music festival. There's going to be free food. They always cater it, uh, usually Mexican food, good stuff, and great music. There's going to be about five different bands this year, and uh, you, you'll have a good time. Uh, the entire thing only lasts about five hours, so... You come out, you get there about uh, 5.36 in the evening, get yourself a good seat, and the whole thing's over by midnight, and you go home. And you get to eat while you're there, and the food is free. All you got to do is let me know, and I will get you a seat. There is limited seating. Once we hit the limit, we got to cut it off. So if you want to go, you just got to let me know. My band, the Green Brothers Band, will be playing, and we want to have you there. We want you to be part of that. Old man rocking, that guy is great. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a skinny old man, but he plays heavy metal music. And he's a fabulous guitar player. So you're going to enjoy old man rocking. You can go to ParFest, and you can see some videos from last year at ParFest uh, on Facebook. So ParFest on Facebook, P-A-R-R-F-E-S-T, ParFest on Facebook. So uh, getting back to this uh, legal immigration issue... Briefly, I've pretty much talked about it all, all we're going to. But, yeah, what they do is they come across the border here, and they are now instructed, as soon as you come across, find a Border Patrol agent and ask him which way to the trough. Say, look, I'm a hog. I need to, I need to know where to go. Where's the free stuff? Give me the free stuff. And instead of arresting you, they tell you where to go to get the free stuff, like Dilly, Texas, for instance. And Matt Murphy just sent me some more stuff here. Oh, yeah, this is uh, going back to the, uh, uh, the death penalty issue. Guys, the, the trend nationally is that they're stopping executions. In this entire United States, we've had 15 executions the whole year. Now, how many murderers have committed murder within the last 30 days across the United States? Well, if in, in Chicago, just in Chicago, so far this month, I think it's somewhere north of 60 murders been committed in Chicago this month. And what that means is that uh, we should be having, I mean, there, there should be at least 10 
10 death row inmates being killed every hour on the hour 24-7. We should set it up and get rid of them until they're all gone. There should never be nationally, there should never be more than 50 inmates on death row ever. And nationally, there should never be an inmate on death row that's been there for more than 90 days. I run a business. I cannot allow my work to get behind. If a guy calls me and says, I want to put in a new home theater, and it takes me seven days to put it in, I lose that business. Well, it should be the same thing with the death penalty. Yeah, Michelle just chimed in and said uh, 500 people have been killed in Chicago so far this year. We need to enforce the death penalty. The death penalty was, once again, not something we came up with. The death penalty was created by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. He is the one that created the death penalty. He said there are certain crimes for which death is the only acceptable punishment. There should be around-the-clock executions until we get caught up. What worries me is if Hillary gets elected, there'll be around-the-clock executions, all right, but it's going to be of the saints and patriots. It's not going to be of the murderers. Uh, Last execution in Texas was on April 6th when Pablo... Vasquez was killed by legal injection for the 1998 murder and mutilation of a 12-year-old boy. 1998. Guys, over 20 years, or right at 20 years, this guy was in prison. He killed and mutilated a 12-year-old boy. Took him 20 years to get around to killing him. Catherine Casey, the executive director of the Texas Defender Service, believes that changing ideologies in the court are contributing to the recent reticence to kill killers. Alcala and Myers have both publicly acknowledged their beliefs that the death penalty, their beliefs in the death penalty have changed since they started serving the court. Said, I think there's broader conversations going on at the Court of Criminal Appeals. Punishment is becoming more and more unusual. And when that happens, it's natural for appellate courts to start talking about whether we're bumping up against constitutional limits. Not acceptable. He said, right now we have just two different options for the death penalty. But I'm saying remove the execution option. Guys, you want to stop murders? You start killing the killers. She said, look, if you're going to have a death penalty, then do it right. If 70% of the people on death row are minorities, then at least let an inmate litigate that he got there because he's a minority. Don't deny him that hearing. No. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what color your skin is. If you were convicted of murdering somebody, do I say that, well, he should not go to prison for mutilating that 12-year-old boy and then murdering him because... Well, he's brown. And brown people, that's just the way they are. Well, if you're going to use that argument, then kill them all. Look, race should never be a consideration for anything, period. It's not a consideration. 
Not everyone on the court believes in this. Presiding Judge Sharon Keller voted against four of the stays as well, including the last three, as she should have. Once again, I am Doc Green, Raging Elephants Radio, American Voice Radio. I am calling for 24-7 executions until we get caught up. If you have been convicted by a jury of your peers, I don't care if you're white, brown, black, or green, you need to be executed. And let's say that one out of one out of a hundred was innocent. That would break my heart. But nonetheless, the other ninety-nine all needed to die. We have to kill the killers. If we don't kill the killers, it's never going to stop. Look at how society is deteriorating. It's what I started the show with, for crying out loud. When I started this show today, I was talking to you about how Islam is destroying America. Now, that's the, the, I guess Islam has two redeeming features. First of all, they throw homosexuals off of buildings. And secondly, they love the death penalty in Islam. The only problem is you get the death penalty in Islam if you're a Christian. You get the death penalty in Islam if you're a Jew. You get the death penalty in Islam if you're the wrong kind of Islam. You get the death penalty in Islam if they just don't like you. But I guarantee you, if we continue to allow Islam to come forward, yeah, we're going to fix the death penalty problem, all right? We're going to be killing everybody. Guys, very, very serious problem here, and it's something that has to, has to be recognized and it has to be dealt with. We just cannot allow this to continue to happen here in Texas. It shouldn't be happening anywhere in the United States for that matter, but it sure can't continue to happen here in Texas. We have to put a stop to this. Or maybe put a start to it would be the better way to look at it. Oh, by the way, if you didn't hear it on Scott Ford's show yesterday, uh, that video of Hillary uh, uh, passing out and having to be thrown in like a sack of potatoes, yeah, somebody uh, has bought the copyright to that, and they are now getting rid of it. So it's not going to show anywhere, anywhere at all on, uh, on YouTube. The censorship has begun. That should bother you. You should be worried about that. I don't know what it's going to take to, uh, to save America. But one of the things it's going to take to save America is we cannot continue to allow this sort of thing to happen. We just can't. And if we do, we're going to lose everything. Censorship is not acceptable. Censorship has to be dealt away with. Laramore Media Group is committed to helping conservative candidates run for and win elected office. Running for office requires more than just desire, it requires expertise. Crystal Laramore is that person. She has helped many candidates make it past the finish line. Congressman Dr. Brian Babin says, I would highly recommend their services to anyone in politics or business who wants to have a professional edge in a competitive world. Call 281-332-5710 or email news at thedamngoodtimes.com. And this one. Nope, not that one. 
Hi everyone, I'm Bill Waite, your host and moderator in the People's Town Hall. Heard Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. on blogtalkradio.com. No doubt, the presidential election will be one of the top stories of 2016, but I am predicting the person of the year for 2016. For the answer, look into a mirror. Now look closer at those beside you and back of you, all around you. We the people. When asked what kind of government our founders had given us, Ben Franklin was quick to reply, a republic if you can keep it. I hope in 2016, you'll decide to be on the front lines of the battle for liberty. I invite you to join the forces in the People's Town Hall as we introduce you to experienced grassroots activists who know the ins and outs of the grassroots movement. Join me Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. in the People's Town Hall on Blog Talk Radio. Bring your torches and pitchforks. You guys, here's a story for you. American trust in the news media falls to the lowest level in history. (laughs) Well, I guess that's why you're listening to the Doc Green Show, because that has happened. Yeah, a major pollster has some stark news. The American trust and confidence in the mass media to report news fully and accurately has dropped to the lowest level since polling has been going on. Only 32% say they have a fair amount of trust in the media. Well, why would you? Once again, the Hillary video of, of Hillary passing out and nearly falling on her face in the street, and now that has been uh, deleted. I don't think you can find it on YouTube anymore. It's just gone. Why would you trust the mass media? Is the media, uh, all the stuff that I brought to you this week out of that book uh, by Gary Aldrich, 
Where are you hearing that? Nowhere. Of course, here's something a lot of you may not know, and I had this on good authority from a friend of mine, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Adkins was at Fox News for like 15 years. And he said what most people don't realize, when you're watching a news program, the producer for those news programs, the average age of those producers is 24. They're kids. They're fresh out of college. And those are the ones that are deciding what's news and what isn't, for the most part, on most of these news media outlets that you see. So that's why you don't hear any of the stuff like you're going to hear here at uh, Raging Elephants Radio and the Doc Green Show, because they don't have the background to be able to talk about these things. So it's, uh, it's sad but true. The highest point was in 1976, when 72% of the people surveyed said that they thought journalism was good because of what they heard about the Vietnam War and the Watergate scandal. Once again, though, I'm going to tell you the Watergate scandal, what was reported and what actually happened are widely divergent. There was very little truth that went on in the Watergate scandal. And I would like to remind you that Richard Nixon, who was forced to resign over the Watergate uh, break-in, where all he did was decide that he was not going to talk about uh, his associates that did that break-in. Let me tell you why they broke into Watergate for some of my younger listeners. They broke in because they believed that the Democrats were running a prostitution ring out of the Democrat National Committee. That turned out to be the truth. That should have been the story. But no, the story became Richard Nixon's associates break into Democrat National Headquarters. What happened to the prostitution scandal? Well, it went away. It went away. Republicans say they, uh, tr- their trust in the media has plummeted to 14% from 32% a year ago. Democrats, on the other hand, 30% of Democrats believe the news media is accurate. 30%. And Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton versus uh, Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton has spent 10 times the money that Donald Trump has spent. 10 times as much money. The media is doing everything they can to portray her in a good light, especially CNN, doing everything they can to portray her in a good light. And yet, what, what is happening? Well, she's, she's a little bit behind in some polls, and she's breaking even in others. So with a full-court press to destroy Donald Trump among the entire news media, to a lesser degree on Fox, but with a full-court press to destroy Donald Trump, what are we seeing? Hillary spending 10 times the money that Donald Trump has spent. By the way, uh, Jeb Bush did the same thing, spent more than 10 times the money that Donald Trump was spending. Donald Trump beat 16 challengers. So... All of that, and she's still barely breaking even, and she's actually behind in some of the polls. The news media has totally lost the trust of everyone, except for 30% of the Democrats, 15%. 15% 
of the uh, other intelligentsia out there believe the news media is still okay. So I'm just uh, I'm just bringing that to you because I thought that was sort of fascinating and uh, quite frankly rather interesting. So uh, anyway, there's a guy that was accused of robbing several stores at gunpoint over the weekend. He's going before a judge. His name's Cliff Hill. He was charged with several counts of armed robbery after the police say he robbed a 7-Eleven convenience store and a liquor store and a hotel over the weekend. He was arrested after an 18-mile pursuit by the police that led to a car crash and then a foot chase. And then he broke into a home where he held the, the homeowners at gunpoint. Broke into a home where he held the homeowners at gunpoint. And then he was, you know, finally arrested. So uh, anyway, he's about to be charged, but he's got a long history of armed robbery going back over 13 years. Why is this guy on the street? You've got to ask yourself that question. Why is a guy with a history like that even on the street? Why is he still out? Once again, I am broadcasting from the selfdefensefund.com studios. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide. But it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. This October 8th, Farfest is back and bigger than ever before. This amazing live show features local music from the Green Brothers, Bayou City Swing, Mike Dodson, Old Man Rocket, Ash, and the legendary Rhythm Man. Farfest, Farfest 2016, this October 8th in Brookshire, Texas. That's right. I expect you guys to be there for Parfest. Meanwhile, a judge has denied self-defense claims from one of four men charged in a fatal gunfight in the suburbs. DeAnthony Wiley claimed that he was wounded and he was trying to surrender when John uh, Beaker fatally shot him while defending his wife at a gun store in Shawnee, Kansas. Kansas City Star reported that uh, Tim McCarthy denied Wiley's self-defense claim. He, was, uh, he said it was Beaker acting in self-defense when he fired at Wiley and three other men who were trying to rob the store. <laughs> See, this is what we need. We need more armed populace out there. I know um, there's a burger restaurant that I like to go to here in Houston. He's got a sign out there on the front door, and it doesn't say no guns allowed. No, his sign on the front door says, open carry, welcome. And then there's a note that says, please leave all weapons holstered 
unless the need should arise, in which case judicious aim is appreciated. Now, that's my kind of gun store. I mean, or that's my kind of hamburger joint. I go there whenever I can, even if I just need an iced tea, just because I like the guy's sign. And, well, some of you probably noticed, I typically do carry my weapon. I'm displaying that for the people on uh, Facebook and my dual mags. Because you have to have, you have, to have extra magazines if you're going to carry a semi-auto. And if you're going to carry a wheel gun, then you have to have extra rounds there, too. Oh, Andy Valadez has joined me. So um, that's why I'm broadcasting from the selfdefensefund.com studios. Now, if you go to selfdefensefund.com and you sign up, it's really inexpensive. Sign up your whole family, anyone that could possibly be old enough to uh, use any kind of a weapon, from a kitchen knife to a firearm. Use promo code DOC, D-O-C. And uh, that way they know that I, that I am talking about them. Uh, SouthDefenseFund.com, it's a great deal. You probably heard us talking about it on yesterday's show. But uh, if you have to go to, uh, if you have to defend yourself, you're going to end up in court. There's no question about it. If you have to defend yourself at your home, chances are you're going to go to jail as well until they can sort it all out. So if you have SelfDefenseFund.com, they're there with you every step of the way. You simply present your SelfDefenseFund.com. It's kind of like a little credit card. You present that, and they know that you've got an attorney protecting you. They'll they'll give you your chance to make your phone call. You call uh, SelfDefenseFund.com, and they'll do the rest. They'll be there for you. You don't have to wait like some of them out there that cost even more money where you have to go and spend all of your money, and then they reimburse you. No, SelfDefenseFund.com is there for you every step of the way, making sure that you are properly taken care of. And so that's why uh, we are broadcasting from the SelfDefenseFund.com studios. But I was a client of SelfDefenseFund.com before they sponsored my radio show, just in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, I signed up with them because they're that good, and I write the check every month. I don't get it free. I'm just like you. I have to write the check. And uh, the last item before I get out of here, I thought this was sort of interesting. The Wichita City Council has approved a new ordinance that will separate the offense of biking under the influence from driving a motor vehicle under the influence. Under a current city ordinance, if you're riding a bicycle while you're drunk, it's treated the same as driving a car while you're drunk. Well, this poses a conflict with Kansas state law, which doesn't have a crime for operating a human-powered vehicle under the influence. (laughs) So uh, they made a special law. Now, by golly, if you ride your bike and you've had a couple of beers too many, well, you're going to be in big trouble, folks. It seems the government just doesn't have enough laws, doesn't it? That's why I am thinking that what we need to do is we need to, when we're interviewing politicians, this is why you have to get involved in your local politics. When you've got...
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, September 14th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. At least we have this hour program today. I can take a breather today. It's been a hectic day here at Discount Gold and Silver Trading, and... 
a little hectic for gold today. I'm not going to call $4 to the upside hectic, but something. $1,323 for gold today. Silver was up 12 cents today, back up over 19 at 19.07. Platinum was up $2 at 1,039, and palladium was up $1 at 600. And 58. The USDX today is trading slightly lower, 0.22 at 95.34. Crude oil was down 1.28 at 43.62. And as I have said previously, you're going to continue to see these. You know, they're just going to fluctuate back and forth until something really breaks. Yeah, the Dow down 31 points, 18,034. Um, that's down, you know, what, 400 points. NASDAQ up 18 at 51.73. The S&P was down basically unchanged at 1.25 1, 1. at 21.25, 2,125. 10-year yield, 1.69. It was down 0. 0.04, so uh, it did push up through 170 temp- uh, briefly uh, today. And, um, you know, once in a while, I'll bring up the fear and greed index. Again, you know, there's various things that go into it to, to create this little graph of if whether the markets are, you know, running on fear, whether they're kind of eh, kind of neutral, or is it greed-driven markets. I was just last week, I mean, I've gradually, it's been slowly going down a little bit. I'm kind of shocked. I mean, last week it was still in the 70 uh, number. And today it was 34 for fear. So that was a huge drop. And for... You have to wonder whether it's... <clears throat> I mean, if it can change that much, did it really change that much? Or is that evidence that the that the index is not reliable? Well, no, it's it has been fairly reliable. Um, and to see that big a drop, there's a lot of things in the, in the in, that's going on that you don't hear mainstream talk about. We're going to be talking about some of those, and, and um, that really does add more fear to these markets. And it, it's more than just the Chinese currency being added to the SDRs at the end of September. There's a lot of things going on today. I was, and I'll bring more information on this to you later on the week. But I was just reading up today on the changes uh, that were done to the money market account um, after the quote-unquote Great Recession. And um, this is going to take effect uh, October 14th. They made various changes uh, since uh, 2010. Uh, but this one goes into effect this year. And um, and it's just like anything else. You know, the government steps in to make changes to the rules, you know, to keep, you know, maybe, you know, the same thing from happening. And they tell you that it's for your benefit. But what it is, it seems like they're going to make it a little more difficult for you to redeem your funds if there's some sort of uh, a run on these uh, uh, money market accounts. And everybody thinks that these money market accounts, you know, are are guaranteed. Well, they're not. Um, That's just what they want you to believe or or lead you to believe. They don't tell you, but they lead you to believe that they're 100 percent. So, uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about this uh, in the coming weeks uh, because October 14th is almost here. So, and they're talking about $300 billion leaving this, uh, you know, this market uh, just, just from that alone. So if you have $300 billion leaving any one little area, you know, what type of uh, after effect does it have? So yes, a lot of volatility coming up this year. Um, 
for September and October, and then we add in the elections, and so therefore you can have a lot more. Ben Bernanke today, he's talking about uh, maybe the policymakers, you know, Janet Yellen, maybe they should give some serious thought to implementing negative rates. Yeah, so folks, so this is not all out of the realm of possibilities of our government uh, implementing negative rates. And uh, he he thinks this shouldn't be taken off the page. He doesn't think it's that bad of a deal. And if you need to be helpful uh, to the central banks uh, and so forth, well, you know what? Uh, maybe we should do that. So um, interesting, Al. I mean, hey. Yeah, it's interesting, but I wonder how well it can work. I'm not, well, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not obvious that, that negative rates have worked elsewhere in the world. There's at least mixed results on it, as far as I understand it. What are they achieving by having negative rates? I wonder if they're really getting a benefit out of it, and particularly if that benefit is enough to outweigh just the sense of bewilderment in the many investors when they say, "What are are you people out of your minds?" I mean, the negative interest rates, really? Are you crazy? Never been done before. And they've got some, oh, this is beneficial, this is modern, this is what? I think, it's, I think this is grasping for straws. This, to me, is evidence of a system that is collapsing. And somebody said, well, I don't know, here's a straw, maybe you could grab it this one. And they said, yes, yes, grab it a straw. But it doesn't make sense to me. And I think they, I think they inspire a greater loss of confidence in the entire financial system with negative interest rates, I think that loss of confidence is greater than any benefit they can expect to get out of it. And we'll see. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But strange phenomena. It really is. You know, and, you know, he works for the Brookings Institution think tank. And, you know, he's just, you know, basically was writing uh, uh, about his position uh, as the consultant to them. And he goes on and says, um, um, so since the current low interest rate environment may persist, there are good reasons for the Fed and other central bankers to consider changes in their policy frameworks. The option of raising the inflation target should be part of that discussion. But it is premature to rule out alternative or potentially complementary uh, approaches, including the possibility of using negative interest rates. So, you know, it's not the first time I believe he talked about implementing negative rates. Um, we certainly know he, he's even visited Japan, uh, hoping that or, or suggesting that they um, do the helicopter money, you know, drop money out of helicopter, as we all know, Ben is known for being called Helicopter Ben. But um, so it, it's an idea that's there. And usually, you know, it's something but they that... Try uh, to prevent, they try to present that idea as if it's, if it's innovative. Uh, all right? And we are so smart, we've got a brand new idea to help stimulate the economy. And what is it? It's to set fire to all of your $100 bills. Burn them up, and the smoke will stimulate the economy. Yeah. It's like that in some regards. It's crazy. It is. Right? And I it's agree. Evidence, not that they're brilliant, not that they're innovative, but that they are desperate. Their conventional tools no longer work to manage the economy. They don't know what to do, and so they're, again, grasping at straws. The whole thing, it does not inspire my confidence. No, 
not at all. And uh, so we got a lot of things that are that are be happening this fall. Uh, there's been a lot of predictions about the, the volatility of the markets. We all know September is uh, certainly a volatile market for the uh, markets. Uh, October, you've had the biggest drops, uh, single drops uh, in the markets. Uh, October seems to be the chosen month. And, of course, the end of the, the season during this time, gold fares very well. So, again, folks, it's a great time to be buying your gold and silver. Uh, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in the gold and silver for the U.S. Mint. Uh, the American Silver Eagles uh, certainly uh, deemed to beat last month's numbers. Of course, uh, you know, a slow horse could have beat last month's numbers uh, coming out of the U.S. Mint. But uh, uh, so, again, you know, the interest is coming back. It was just a very quiet summer. Uh, there was certainly the summer doldrums and a great time to be picking up some gold and silver at these lower prices because they will rise. I believe they will rise significantly. Um, we just can't predict, uh, you know, when they actually will take off. But uh, um, as we get closer to the end of the year, uh, I have marked down my predictions for gold and silver, and I'll release those uh, where I thought they would be back in January earlier this year. So what's next, Al? Well, I don't know. What have I got here? Let's you see don't know. No, I don't. Uh, here's. Mm. Oh, I've got I've got half a dozen things to talk about, and I don't know which one to get into first. Well, how- Here's one five core economic facts. This is from Feed Up Freedoms Phoenix. Scores of economic figures go screaming across our screens every day, many of them contradicting yesterday's figures, and perhaps half of them based upon lies. But here are five fundamental economic facts on which we can all agree. Now, this is their opinion. Not, I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is it's interesting to talk about and consider. Fact number one, we have a debt-burdened money. Basically, I agree with that. It's a debt-based monetary system. And they said dollars are created in tandem with treasury bills, and T-bills pay interest. So creating a dollar always creates an obligation to pay interest beyond the dollar amount. And what they're saying is if we create $100 and we issue a $100 bond, there's interest on the bond, which means there's interest on the dollars. And the problem is we created the dollars, the $100, but we didn't create the interest on the bond. And this creates a mathematical problem. We never create enough money to pay the interest. We only create the money for the principal. Where will we find the, the currency to pay the interest on the bond? And the answer is, next year we've got to create even more money. We've got to create more currency, more paper dollars, more digital dollars. And we have to create even more next year than we did this year, so we have enough left over to pay the interest on this year's financial creation. And the year after that, once again, we have to create more dollars, even more, additional dollars in order to cover the interest from the second year and perhaps even back into this year in this example, the first year in this example. Now, the point is, eventually you get to a point where you realize you can't produce enough dollars to keep covering the interest, and that creates a problem. Uh, They point out what all this means is that unless more and more dollars are made all the time, all the debts that are spun can't be covered. Such a system cannot resolve unless there are debt-free dollars that can cover the gaps. And presently, there are none. 
So the dollar system can run effectively in one direction only. It can operate smoothly while creating ever more currency, but in the system, but if the system starts to contract, there will be a currency shortage, and that leads to trouble. Well, that's all they said in this article. Um, but I agree with it. I basically agree. We've got a debt-burdened money. I'd say a debt-based monetary system. Um, back to, we have an unpayable you, debt. Did before, you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, before you move on, I just wanted to, to mention, because this conversation that I had relates to what you're talking about. <laughs> I was talking to someone about the debt. And they, they looked at me and they said, well, I don't think the debt's going to be a problem. We have plenty of assets. And I was speechless. I, I, I didn't know what to say. And I figured, well, you know, I better just keep my mouth shut because, you know, we'd be here for another hour. But I'm thinking the mindset of that, is this what people believe? Yes. And that's the problem. Yes, and that's why, it is. It's why the government gets away with this yeah. in the first place, creating this enormous debt, because we are sitting around like a bunch of bumps on pickles, and the government does this, and we will go, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that, but as long as government's doing I'll trust the government. You know, you can always trust the government. They're here to help us. And so in our own national ignorance, we allow the government to get away with stunts that in a rational world would be grounds for trials for treason. And it's not a new thing. We've been doing it for generations. And it's building up. Right, we're going to reach a point I mean, where what? this stuff's going to hit the fan, and when it does, everybody's going to be... I mean, most of the but people who are ignorant be- now will be shocked. That, oh, my God. Why would they believe there are assets? I mean, why would you believe we would sell the assets? I mean, it's just like... Well, I, my question, he may be correct that there's lots of assets. For example, according to some sources, the federal government owns half the land west of the Mississippi. Correct. All right. All right. In theory, they could That's sell off I, that land. But I guarantee you the government will never sell its assets. What they'll do is find a way to get the people's assets. People's they assets. say, you people, all you people out there in Radio Land, you got to pay the government's debt. Government doesn't have to sell. You know, if I go deep into debt, I can have a garage sale and try to sell whatever junk I've got in the garage. Government's not going to sell any of its junk. It's going to say, oh, no, you idiots were dumb enough to vote for us. <laughs> you idiots are going to have to be, you idiots must be dumb enough to pay our bills, too. And you're right. It's the people's assets, and it's not only, yeah. it's $20 trillion sitting in pension accounts, IRA Yeah, that's accounts. the theory. Yeah, that's... but even that won't be enough. Again, no. we'll get to it when we come back. We'll get to fact number two. We have an unpayable debt. We've been telling you this for years um, on this report. In fact, we have an unpayable debt. That's the second fact. But they point out the official debt's $20 trillion, And just as we've been saying for some time, according to the Congressional Budget Office and economist, I uh, can't even think of his neighbor. Kotlikoff. Uh, it's over $200 trillion. It can't be paid. Never going to be paid. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements, and we will talk about the significance of the debt when we return on Financial Survival.
have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver. For all your gold and silver coin needs, we were talking about an article from Freedom's Phoenix and five core economic facts that the author believes we can rely on. The first one is we have a debt burden money. Yeah, that's true. We have a mathematical problem because while they create the money, they, they, they create $100 today on which you're going to have to pay $102, including principal and interest, next year. But they don't create the $2 in interest. It creates, over time, it builds up a burden that is impossible to deal with. Um, fact number two, we have an unpayable debt. Official U.S. government debt is now about $20 trillion. And Forward promises are probably north of $200 trillion, which is what we've been telling you for years. This will never be repaid under any typical scenario. All right? That's what they're saying here, and I agree, I agree with them. You can't repay the debt. $20 trillion, which is what they officially admit to, translates into something like $65,000 for every man, woman, and child in the country. Look out the window. Tell me how many people you see walking by that you think have an extra sixty-five grand to pay the government your fair share of the national debt. How many people? I guarantee it's not there. People don't have that cash. They don't have the asset. And they certainly don't have 65 for themselves and 65 for their spouse and 65 for each of their children. 
family of four, their their fair share of the national debt is arguably about a quarter of a million dollars. That's if it's twenty trillion. If it's two hundred trillion, it translates into something like two and a half million dollars for a family of four. And somewhere in the neighborhood of six, seven hundred thousand dollars per person. It can't be paid. It's not going to be paid. And we've harped on that for years on this program. I say right now central banks are buying up all sorts of bad loans to keep things going, but eventually this problem will resolve in one of two ways. One, the basement devaluation, also known as inflation. I agree that's the subtle way to reduce the value of the dollar. And two is print up enough currency units to drive burgers. Well, not two. It says uh, drive print up enough currency units to drive a burger to $1,000. The price of a burger when it costs you $1,000 to get a, a, uh, a Big Mac down at McDonald's, then we'll, we'll, we will have had enough inflation where the government can pay off its bills, its debts. They borrowed a trillion dollars. They're going to pay back a trillion, but it'll only have a couple hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or a billion dollars or whatever in purchasing power. They'll wipe out most of the purchasing power. And believe it or not, that will essentially, that will make it easy for government to pay its debt. Um, and the last thing they, they say, tough luck. The, all, the other alternative is the government could simply say, tough luck. We're not going to pay you back. Have a nice day, which is open repudiation of the debt and an admission that the government is insolvent and bankrupt. Now, the government is not going to admit it's bankrupt. There are people who argue and may be correct. I won't say they are or they aren't. I don't know. They've argued that the government has been technically bankrupt since 1933, Mm -hmm. certainly since 1971 when Nixon stopped paying our bills to foreign countries with gold. It was evidence from since 71, technically, we've been bankrupt uh, because we don't ever pay our bills. All right, we just write another we just write another check. And we are coming to a point where we're gonna get the non sufficient uh stamp on our checks, and when that happens there's gonna be big trouble. Fact number three, Stockton bond prices are maintained well, by several go ahead. Before you go into about the bonds, let me just reflect on that inflation. I was telling there's an article that'll be in our newsletter on Monday, so make sure you sign up or, or look for it when you receive it. And it's just a short article about the Weimar Republic. We know the hyperinflation that that was created. And, you know, the government deficits, they were funded with newly printed currencies. Uh, They were able to keep employment at high levels. Uh, They kept the economy buzzing. Um, You know, they were able to borrow from the bank at rates so low that, you know, the capital was, in effect, free. Well, there was a politician, an electronics uh, a head of an electronics electronics firm by the man by the name of Walter Rathenau, and he suggested in January 1921 that uh, um, that they should print money a bit faster, start construction works, using the employment these create as a dam against the depression. It is incorrect when people say that printing money was bringing us ruin. Now it's the same thing that is happening today. People are yeah. saying the same thing. Well, he was assassinated assassinated some 18 months later, but he did live long enough to change his mind. And after the mark collapsed and the foreign exchanges and prices began escalating out of control, he says, we are living in a bubble. 
our companies pay dividends, but in fairy gold. That's exactly what is happening today. We are eating our own accumulated resources, the result of generations of work of our ancestors. So uh, it's, 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 a, it's a short... We're not just consuming the, the, the whatever has been produced by previous generations or even ourselves. We are consuming, because we're living in debt, we're borrowing money and the debt has to be paid in the future, which means we are consuming the food that would otherwise, and products and whatever services and so on, that would otherwise go to children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. There's the problem. We're, we're not, we haven't mortgaged the past, we've mortgaged the future. And when it turns out that they can't pay that, they can't or won't pay the debt, there's going to be a big, big problem. I mean, again, one man's debt is another man's asset. Mm-hmm. When they wipe out the debt, they wipe out the correlative paper assets. If the government came out and they said, ha-ha, we're gonna, we've just declared that the $20 trillion no longer exists and we're not going to pay it. And some people might say, well, yay, we have just eliminated $20 trillion in debt. Yeah, but we will also li- eliminate $20 trillion worth of U.S. bonds. And that those are the bonds that are sitting in people's pension funds and in banks and in foreign countries. And every one of them is all, all of a sudden, much of the world is going to be out $20 trillion. It will disappear, cease to exist. It's not like it's going to move from the United States to Russia or China or Japan or someplace. No, it will be wiped out. When the debt disappears, so does the correlative paper asset, which is, in this case, U.S. bonds. That stuff disappears, and we take $20 trillion in paper capital out of our current system, and the system will probably fold up like an accordion, and which puts us in an incredible position. We are darned if we do and darned if we don't. If we, we can't pay the debt, it's too big for us to pay. We've gone too far into debt, and we will never really repay the debt. That's not going to happen. On the other hand, we can't repudiate the debt without destroying the paper capital that we depend on to keep the system running. So what do you do? You can't pay it. You can't repudiate it. Now what? Tell me. Who's got a solution to this problem? Anyone? I mean, this is the rock and the hard place, folks. That's where we are. And it might not be clear to people yet, but it's going to be clear. You either repudiate the debt which we can't do without destroying the correlative capital, or we sit back and, what, can't pay it? Can't pay it, can't repudiate it. What are we going to do? Anybody got a solution? I'd really like to hear, because I don't think there is one. And that's why we're headed for some sort of a collapse. One way or another, when that dilemma finally confronts us in a way that can't be escaped, we're going to have something where the system is going to break down, and uh, what evolves afterwards remains to be seen. But the debt will be wiped out. You can bet on that because it can't be paid. It won't be paid. And when it's wiped out, the correlative paper assets disappear. And now what? Do we start a new banking system based on a new currency that's pink instead of green? Or do we? will the public fall for this. Oh, well, I don't want any more of those green dollars. Those are stupid, but I'll take paper. I'll take pink paper dollars because those are pretty. Will we do that or will we be forced to go back to something tangible like gold and or silver as 
at, at least the basis of our monetary system. I think we have to go back to gold and silver. I think we're going back. When are we going to get there? Don't know. But I don't see how this system can survive given the debt that we have right now. I don't. I think the debt's going to force us into a position where we have to admit we are we are screwed. And when that happens, what are they going to do? Give us more fiat currency? You know, the people might be ignorant enough or overly optimistic or sufficiently delusional to believe in paper currency right now and digital currency. But when the stuff hits the fan and everybody understands that the paper is worthless and the electronic digits are worthless, they're going to say, give me that old, give me some gold, give me some silver. I don't think they'll take another fiat currency. No, I mean, and history has always proved that out. You know, you need something in order to, you know, stabilize. Alan Greenspan, uh, we all probably know who he was talking about, uh, former uh, Alan Greenspan. He voiced concern that the U.S. economic and political system could be undermined by what he calls crazies. Well, we can probably figure out probably those same deplorables that Hillary Clinton was talking about. But he says this is the worst economic and political environment that he's ever been remotely related to, Mm -hmm. 90 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, on the economic front, the U.S. is headed towards stagflation, a combination of weak demand and elevated inflation. He says, politically, he says he doesn't have a clue how this all comes out. He says, we're not in a stable equilibrium. He says, I hope we can find, I hope we can all find a way out because this is too great a country to be undermined by how he should say is crazy. Well, you know, he doesn't say who they who those people are? I would think it's more what's going on with the the bankers and the and you know the, the the central bankers and so forth that are doing crazy things. As Ben Bernanke is talking about negative rates, is something that's possibly that should be considered. So you can to go me, all the way back. I don't know crazy. where the crazies start for sure, but you can start if you care to with Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his yeah. New Deal. All right. In the end, it was crazy. We had enough strength where we could endure a certain amount of craziness. We got by, but we kept on. We've had generations of politicians, presidents, congressmen, senators who have refused to do what was right and proper, pay our bills, and insist that we can live on deficit financing and just go deeper and deeper and deeper into debt, and it'll all be fine. They were crazy. They put us, they, they behaved, that it, their argument that it was that it was different for government. You and I can't live that way. We can't just go deeper and deeper into debt. Sooner or later, we have to pay our debts. But the government didn't have, they they weren't caught by that reality. And the truth is, of course, they were caught by that reality. The debts are going to have to be paid or there's going to be, one way or another, they will be paid. And it might be they're going to be paid by people going into abject poverty in a greater depression and working for next to nothing. When they might be worth 15, 20 bucks an hour, they might be grateful they get a buck or two an hour. When they're working that cheaply, they're paying the debt. Right? Indirectly, they're paying the debt. We're going to pay this debt, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a terrible situation. Um, so, Alex, and it's part of the idea behind this program. You know, you you, you need to protect yourself because trouble's headed our way. We have a, a caller, Jim from Pennsylvania. Get them in before the break. Hello, Jim. Hello, Jim. Well, perhaps we lost Jim from Pennsylvania. So, 
You know, the one more thing that Alan Greenspan had talked about in his his little speech last night was uh, he repeated he, he repeated his concern about Social Security and health care. He says they're they're crowding out a lot of private investment, yeah, leading yeah. to a slower economic growth. And he says no one talks about those. Nobody wants to discuss it, and it's true because I mean they have to be addressed, and it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to, you know, it. it People are going to feel it in their pocketbooks when these issues are addressed. And, uh, of course, we're already feeling it. But What he's saying is we're taking money away from productive enterprises yep. in this country in order to support government programs. And the idea is they think they're yep. creating such great benefits that we can afford to eliminate or not eliminate but reduce our productivity in this country. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right? Every one of these people in government who think, oh, let's have another benefit program, they're out of their minds. They're out of their minds. We need more productivity. If you're concerned about your share of the pie, I've said it a couple of times, you got a pie, it, that the size of that pie and the size of your slice of the pie ultimately depends on the producers in this society. It does not depend on the consumers in this society. Consumers don't make the pie. They want a slice, but the more consumers we have, the smaller the slices become. As we have more consumers, we have less producers. Right? We don't have enough producers. We All of a sudden, we don't have any pie at all. Then what? What are you going to eat? Who is going to predate on you? Who will you predate upon? Right? The solution to the problem is you've got to look at this and figure out what do we have to do to get people to produce in this country? Not to spend, but put but to produce. Can we produce more? If we can, we might be able that may that might be a way of getting out of this mess. But the government's not gonna let it happen. They're gonna run this until the whole thing falls down around our ears and then I don't know. They'll blame somebody. They'll have somebody to blame. And it won't be the government. I mean they will be it might be Bush or it might be Obama. I don't know who they're gonna blame, but it won't be the government itself. And then when I mean Bush or Obama, I mean after they're all out of office, we say, oh, they did something stupid. The new government, they will have a plan. They will have a new device, vote for me, and I will solve the problem and put a chicken in every pot. Well, the truth of the matter is, it's going to be much a rubber of the chicken. trouble we're facing in, rubber chicken, probably. A rubber chicken. <clears throat> yeah. But much of the problem we're facing is brought on by government. These are not economic problems. These are problems that are precipitated by government stupidity and public stupidity because government comes up and says, vote for me, and I'll see that you get a lifetime supply of free lunches. And the American people say, yay, give me a free lunch. We'll vote for the guy who's given us a free lunch. And I'm saying, you're crazy. You're crazy if you're voting for free lunches because nothing's free and it can't continue. And when it ends, it's going to be a big-time problem for everyone. Let's take a break for a couple of commercials. Melody and I will be right back. Please stay tuned.
past financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. What's next, Melody? Well, you know, everybody believes that China will be the, you know, the item that drops the world markets. And they certainly are having their problems from banking to, you know, their own stimulus that's needed into the markets. But I believe they've yet to... Um, other than manipulate their currency to the downside. And, of course, we all know their currency is going to be added into the uh, uh, basket of currencies uh, uh, at the end of the month. But their stocks dropped to the lowest level in a month. Um, they're in a short trading week uh, because of holidays. So as of uh, uh, the last trading day of this week, uh, they've hit the lowest level in a month. Um, the central bank on the speculation that the central bank won't add to stimulus. Um, so Monday's tumble broke a calm that had persisted for several weeks in, in China. Uh, equities as a sell-off in the global markets had added a little bit of concern to about higher funding costs. Better than expected economic data on Tuesday fueled speculation that the central bank will hold off lowering borrowing costs. Well, it didn't help their stock markets. Um, again, as I mentioned, their markets are closed for holidays for the rest of the week. Uh, Hong Kong will be shut on Friday. So uh, whenever you have uncertainty over any type of policy, it's not good for, for any confidence in the markets. And um, um, the tone of a loose monetary policy won't change, but there's no need to expand stimulus now uh, is uh, uh, what they are relating to. So again, just something else coming 
coming from China. Um, and we all know the problems that they have, the amount of debt that they have. Got an article from Business Insider that deals with that subject. And the headline is a killer plan to solve China's huge debt problem <laughs> includes orchestrating defaults. I mean, they're not going to solve the debt problem. They owe more than they can pay. You understand? There's not a solution to this. What can't be paid won't be paid. And they're going to say, oh, we're going to orchestrate defaults. What that means is they are going to default on their debt. They're coming up with some cock and bull story about how they'll do this in an orderly manner. And it doesn't matter. It's still going to be bankruptcy. It's still going to be evidence that China's government and or some of its financial institutions are bankrupt. And it won't go down well. It says here uh, China's total borrowing is more than double its gross domestic product, or at least it was for 2015. It says China's non-financial sector, that is to say non-financial companies, households, and governments accounted for $160 trillion or $160 trillion yuan uh, worth 231% of GDP. Now, one of the things about this, this article only talks about China. But I doubt that there's much in this article that can't be applied also to the government of the United States and the U.S. and the U.S. economy. We're in as much trouble as China is. We may point a finger and say, ha, 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 China's having problems. Yeah, well, we have problems, too, although China may have to face its problems before we finally face ours. China has taken on huge amounts of debt in order to ferociously fuel its economic growth. Sound familiar? We've done the same thing. We've tried to do the same thing with quantitative easing one, two, and three. Trillions, all right, to try to fuel economic growth, and it didn't really work very well. Admittedly, we did not collapse into a depression, but we haven't had significant growth. China no longer puts up double-digit GDP growth, meaning 10% or more. And instead is putting up numbers like 6.7% in the second quarter, and a lot of people think those numbers are cooked. They don't even think it's that high. Recent economic data from the country has been an economic uh, disappointment. An analysts at Nomura Corporation have come up with a radical series of policies uh, to solve the problem, including sparking defaults before they would normally happen. They have a radical series of policies. What's that tell you right off the bat? The existing policies that are based on perhaps several thousand years of economics and understanding the monetary system, those are no longer working. They have resulted to radical, uh, a radical series of economic policies. Why? Because the standard traditional policies don't work, which is evidence we're in deep trouble. All right? They're going to try some of these radical results or radical policies like negative interest rates. Now, this article doesn't say that China will specifically use negative interest rates, but it does imply they're going to come up with any craziness, grasp at any straw to try to deal with the problem. For example, they're going to try to spark defaults before they would normally happen. All right? They want orderly defaults. Nomura says, uh, they, they did the analysis behind this report, that China's government needs to enact this measure, which is usually reserved for acute crises. All right? 
They're doing what people normally do when they are in an acute crisis, which is good evidence that we are in, or China is in an acute crisis. The idea is that regulators and lenders of the debt uh, actively plan and implement defaults through restructuring of public debt before they naturally happen. In the case of the United States, for example, it would require that the government sit down and start talking to whoever holds the $20 trillion in bonds that back up the national debt. And they've got to talk to some or all of those bondholders and say, tell you what, why don't you agree to take only $10 trillion instead of $20 trillion? We'll cut it by half and it'll be good for the economy and good for the nation. Well, you go ahead and tell that to people who have those bonds. Tell them that the bonds that are funding their pension funds are going to be worth half of what they were worth before. I, I guarantee they're not going to be pleased. They will mostly object and reject, object to and reject that proposal. All right? And even if you can do it, you wipe out, if you can restructure by 50%, you wipe out $10 trillion in paper assets in this country. I don't think the economy can stand that, that reduction. But this is their, they're going to have an orderly default. Well, it's conceivable that you may get some benefit out of an orderly default where we start knocking down the debt little at a time. But still, we're going to knock down the debt. It's going to be a default, all right, which is evidence that whoever is liable to pay, and in the case of the United States, it would be the government, the federal government, they're broke. They're bankrupt. They're insolvent, all right? They need to, they, they want to negotiate and restructure the public debt. They're busted. If they want to restructure now, they're broke now. And some people need to look at this and understand, you know, we think about this as if, if the government's having it, the government will get through it. The government's big and powerful and the rest of that, we'll get through this one way or another. All right, so people aren't too concerned about this. And in my opinion, they are Delusional. They are misguided. They are ignorant. The government can't pay its bills. I'm sure a lot of people thought the Soviet Union would get through all of its problems back in the 1980s. And somehow the government, it was big, it was powerful. It was the evil empire. It was certain to survive forever. No, it didn't. From 1991, it was gone. The nation, formerly known <laughs> as the Soviet Union, ceased to exist as a result of government debt. And these people are, they have plans. They have what they call in this article a killer plan to solve China's huge debt problem. They don't have any plan at all. They have a plan to bamboozle the public for maybe a couple more years. They have a plan to oil the waters to deny reality. But the reality is the debt can't be paid. And therefore, it's not going to be paid. And those people who are unfortunate enough or dumb enough to keep holding on to paper debt instruments from the Chinese government are going to wind up losing their summer all of their assets. And they're not going to be pleased about it. And it's who is it going to be? It'll be the people who loses these assets. And it's going to be people who were sufficiently productive to generate savings in the first place where they say, well, I've got 
let's see, I've got $100,000 saved up. I know. Why don't I put it into some government bonds? Those are safe. They never fail. The best people in the country, in the world, in terms of productivity, are buying these bonds. When the bonds disappear and they become worthless, we are going to be destroying, ruining some of the most productive people in the country. They're going to be, I won't say they're going to be wiped out, but they will be badly disabled. And some of them will be wiped out. And I don't think we can get along without them. And yet they are in jeopardy right now. China had some more orderly defaults, first thing. Let the government take on state-owned enterprise debt. That means the government owns a number of corporations, essentially, in China. And they're recommending that the government take over the debt that's owed by these corporations. But if they do, the reason these corporations are in big trouble, for example, it says it says uh, these um, state-owned enterprises account for almost 48% of bank loans, but only account for 15% of employment. What's that tell you? It tells you that government has engineered this to lend money to favorite people. They didn't get the money because they were productive. They got it because they were politically connected. Where did you think they got that little bit of advice on how to do things? Well, the whole thing is, you know, I mean, you look at this. This is a function of government corruption. They loaned it. Well, we're going to loan money on the basis of politics rather than economic productivity. And they loaned it to non-productive government-owned corporations, and the net result is they don't have enough jobs and they don't have enough food. That will be the net result. They were stupid while they tried to lend money on a political basis, maybe for political favors, maybe for kickbacks, but evidence of corruption. They did not lend money objectively. They loaned it politically. And the result is now the political recipients of those dollars, they didn't know how to make the money in the first place. That's why they loaned the money. That's why they needed the money. But they don't know how to make money, and therefore they're going to default. And it's all a function, to a significant degree, of government central planning, government management, government corruption, government the presumption that government has brains enough and sufficient integrity and honor to run the, run the economy. No, they don't. It's like giving money to the banks that are too big to fail. That's not evidence of management. That's evidence of cronyism and corruption. They should have let them go right down the pipe. Would there be a price to pay? Yes, there would be a price. Would it be painful? Yes, it would be painful. But let them fail in the same sense that Iceland went ahead and said, let let the banks fail. To heck with them. We're going to go into we're going to go into eighteen twenty four months of difficult times at least for Iceland, and then we'll get back on the we'll get back on track. In theory, we're going to have so we could have had something like that for the United States. I won't be I wouldn't argue that our period of readjustment and getting back on track. I'm not going to argue it's only going to be eighteen twenty four months. It might be five years. We're going to pay a price though, and we keep fooling around, and it's going to be a generation. It isn't going to be five years. It might not even be 10 years. It might be 20, if ever. 
It may be like the Soviet Union. We could see a complete breakdown here. And again, it's just because we have gone into debt, 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 and more debt, just as China has gone into debt, 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 and more debt. And the presumption behind lending money to China, for example, to the Chinese government, is that the government can always raise taxes on the public to repay the debt. But China's essentially saying, uh-uh, we're not going to do that. Wow. They're just saying we're not going to stimulate the economy at this time. They're going to let it go down. The debt can't be paid. They're not planning to tax the – judging from this article, they're not planning to significantly raise taxes on the Chinese people. Yeah. The debt's going to be destroyed. Well, and no, more likely something like that will happen here too. Yeah, there is no early default, you know, ah, when you, you know, unless you have no assets, then, you know, but you're still going to be affected. There is no early default. And China is basically playing from the playbook of the United States with Washington and Wall no, no. Street. Look how well it's, it's worked playbook. over here. No, you know, no. so, I mean, they're all playing from the same playbook anymore, and it's not going to work for any of them. It's going to be a coordinated default. I know. Worldwide, which, global which again, folks. And what, which tells us what? You know, we harp on it all the time. If they're going to have a default, it's going to adversely affect all paper debt instruments. Those of you that are securing your wealth in a paper debt instrument are vulnerable. There. And if you were sensible, at least in my opinion, you would get your wealth into something tangible, land, guns, tools, bullets, food, gold, silver. All right. There may be other items, but if you want liquid, if you want to keep your wealth in a form that's relatively liquid that can be spent, you're looking for some gold. You're looking for and some not silver. Not fairy gold. <laughs> yes, not, not fairy, fairy gold. gold. Like Walter Rathenau had. All right, Melody. We are out of we are out of Schlitz for today. Out of time. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye bye. and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals, 
Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Good evening, and welcome to America Betrayed, brought to you on AVR Radio, where you're going to hear the truth all day and all night long. Now, this is the fourth show that I've done since coming back on the air. I went off for a few years. I got very ill, came back, and I wanted to get some things out that I had learned over the years. One was the first show was Jimmy Hoffa, who killed him, out, what they did with him, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Sonny Bono. Uh, tonight we're going to have D.B. Cooper, and then later Martin Luther King uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, JFK, RFK, JFK Jr., and my old buddy uh, Ted Gunderson. Now, if you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. That's 1980. This is brought to you by National Writers Syndicate. That's nationalwritersyndicate.com. Uh, check out their webpage. Uh, you can check out, find out the preview of each show each week on nationalwritersyndicate.com, and you'll see what show is going to be uh, taking place on that Wednesday. That's every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. East Coast time. And tonight uh, we have uh, quite a show because on the first half hour, uh, we're going to be going down to uh, San Diego to Mr. X. Mr. X is, uh, has some pretty high connections in the Mexican government. He is uh, from Mexico originally. And uh, he has a lot of information about what happened or transpired with the trip that Donald Trump just took with the uh, Mexican government. There's a lot of disinformation put out. Also, we're going to find out what's going on with Russia and China in Mexico and a few other things. Now, like I said, he has a pretty high up. I just wanted to say a couple of things here. It looks like maybe uh, the New World Order got got to Putin today. Uh, His uh, chauffeur was killed. Uh, with a head-on uh, crash. Now, Putin, I don't know if you know this, uh, the head of Russia, is uh, against the New World Order. And if that's true about what happened today, uh, we've got some serious things coming up uh, ahead, which I figured we did. But uh, the other thing is uh, this college is now uh, saying that these uh, blacks can have their own segregated part of the school. Now, can you imagine if the whites did the same thing? I mean, uh, everything is topsy-turvy here. Uh, affirmative action. Only people that are excluded from affirmative action are white males. Now, why do you think that is? Don't you think it's maybe possibly genocide of the white race? Well, I think so. And the more you pay attention, I think you're going to come to the same conclusion. Uh, The other thing I have a problem with is uh, I I pay my taxes and the government distributes my taxes as sees fit. Uh, But I do have a problem with is the distribution of my taxes to people who don't have to pass a urine test. So here's my question. Shouldn't one have to pass a urine test to get a welfare check? Because I have to pass one to earn it for them. Please understand, I have no problem helping people get back on their feet. I do, on the other hand, have a problem with helping someone sitting on their butt doing drugs while I work. Can you imagine how much money each state would save if people had to pass a urine test to get a public assistance check? I guess we could call the program You're In or You're Out. I hope that uh, catches on. Uh, Like I said, tonight's show, uh, the first half, we're going to be learning uh, some secrets of uh, Mexico, what's going on in Mexico. Uh, A lot of things going on in the world right now. As we get closer to the elections, it's going to get really, really hairy. I feel that uh, it doesn't make any difference who wins. Uh, Now, I have a bet with a friend of mine on this, but it doesn't matter who wins. I think there's going to be violence. Uh, Trump has said if uh, Hillary wins, he will get all the militias together. Uh, if uh, Trump wins, then all the crazies will be out there burning down the cities. And that'll give uh, uh, Obama this Muslim 
Cuomo in the White House a chance to uh, uh, declare martial law. But right now, uh, I think we're going to go down. Also, I want to remind you, we are Samacast on YouTube, by the way. And uh, go to www.theamericanvoice.com and uh, donate if you like, uh, uh, because they really need it. Frank Steffen, who uh, runs the operation, has been doing for years on a shoestring. So uh, try to uh, support this man and this station, uh, this network, I should say. Because uh, very few people are going to let you get the truth out. And we're going to give you the truth. Uh, the things that I've learned working with Congress for many years and being an investigative reporter, I've learned quite a bit. And I wanted to get them out before anything uh, else goes on here. Again, the second half, we're going to be talking about D.B. Cooper, the real story of D.B. Cooper, not the garbage that the FBI has been feeding like all the rest of the garbage they feed you like Hillary's not guilty or shouldn't go to prison. That's ridiculous. But I think that... Um, we're going to go down to Mr. X now in San Diego. Uh, good evening, Mr. X. How are you? Hi, John. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, Mr. X, uh, as you well know, uh, Donald Trump took a trip down to uh, Mexico to meet with the Mexican president because I think they're concerned that he wants to build a wall uh, to stop illegal aliens. Uh, now, uh, how, how do you think that trip went? Well, I think it went up. Uh, pretty much the way that uh, it was planned out by Mr. Trump. Uh, the reality of the situation is the border is, is not what people really think about it. Um, what's going on at the border is exactly what Mr. Trump says. You have, um, yes, the illegal aliens and drugs and stuff coming from across the border from Latin America through the Mexican border. But you also have the reversal. You also have things that come in from the United States into Mexico, where the Mexican people are actually sneaking in things through the border. And I thought that was quite brilliant that that he was able to acknowledge the fact that things are going across into Mexico, too, because people choose not to pay taxes, and they choose to take things across the border that they're not allowed to have, like computers and things like that, where they will sneak them across from the United States into Mexico. Another part of the confusion is, is the trade thing, and I think, I, unfortunately, I'm not able to talk to the people that aren't, are uninformed. Uh, our, politi- our political people are uninformed to the reality of the trade balance that you have with Mexico. It seems to be said that Mexico um, uh, exports more than the United States is sending into, um, into Mexico. So it's kind of like a situation to where they really believe that. But, you know, the only analogy that I can put together is when you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and you buy a used car, and let's say you paid $5,000 for that car, what you do is is you tell the guy, hey, listen, let's make an agreement, put down $1,000, and you take that to the DMV. I mean, that's a fact. It's illegal. It's crooked, whatever you want to say. But people do that. And that way they pay less taxes when it comes down to paying for that car and getting your plate. Well, that's the same thing that happens when things are going into Mexico. Um, it, it, people are thinking that not, uh, it's not the same amount of money going into Mexico from the United States, but the same thing is happening. Uh, people, when they cross the border, have got to pay a tariff. They've got to pay a, uh, a fee to get across that border. And what happens is the people will tell the, the border inspection people, like when they buy a car, they pay it for $10,000 in the state, and they'll tell them that they paid $3,000 for the car. And therefore, 
when it, when it comes to the balances and stuff, it shows that that is totally unfair. When in actuality, it's just a technical thing of people being corrupt. But that's just the way it is because people like the DMV like to save money. Yeah, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. X, I wanted to uh, interject something here. I, I think one of the key things that I'm uh, really interested in is uh, the drugs. Uh, not only uh, the drug cartels, but uh, the amount of drugs that our own government is bringing in. Now, I'm pretty sure you're aware of this because I know uh, uh, I had a uh, Secret Service customs agent on the show that had sent Sonny Bono a report uh, of how many planes he was told not to inspect at the border, uh, which were DEA, CIA, uh, military, because they were all loaded down with drugs. Uh, can you confirm that? Yes, I can say that that's probably 100% true. I knew that well before the All Over North uh, incident. I was uh, became very deeply aware of it, and I saw it with my own eyes when I was in Culiacan, Sinaloa, when I was uh, working on a project for the American government that had to do with agriculture. And while we were sitting on this building looking out to the side, I saw six American Huey helicopters that said U.S. Army on them with these long things on there for fumigation, and I freaked out, and I asked them, what's going on there? And what they told me is that they were using to fumigate, and they were laughing at it, they were using to fumigate drugs for the American government, and that's what I was told. And there are things that are way, way beyond that that I could confirm, and you know I can tell you, not on the radio, I can't talk about this stuff, because I, I love my family, my children, and myself, and I don't want to get killed. But our government is corrupt for many, many years, and uh, it's very, very sad. Oliver North is just one person that was following orders, but it's, uh, our, our borders are, are saturated with, with holes where things are coming through legally for, um, for making money for different people at, at high positions. That's yeah, Mr. X, uh, a while back I talked to you about China. Uh, you said, mentioned that China had come in with a lot of weapons, uh, and, uh, the personnel left, but the weapons didn't. Now, uh, how, what's that situation now? I know when I was down in Mexicali, uh, I, I was really astounded when uh, somebody there told me they had 150 Chinese restaurants just in Mexicali alone. Uh, what's going on down there with the Chinese and the Russians? Well, un unfortunately, um, there seems to be a going policy now in the last two presidencies or so where the policy seems to be to irritate everybody around the world. And, um, you know, just recently we had the situation with the Philippines, and we also been irritating the, the president of Mexico and South America, Venezuela, and country after country is having problems right now because of our, our statue with them. Um, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. Um, people have lost respect for the United States. And, uh, and right now one of the scariest things that I've been working with uh, is trying to figure out where they're going to be putting American dollars that, that those people that have legal businesses, they're trying to figure out where they're going to put their money because there seems to be a, a real imminent thought that the U.S. dollar is going to collapse. And uh, they're not too sure about the country or anything. We're being fed a bunch of baloney in this country right now. Yeah. Uh, Mr. X, uh, what's the situation? I, I know that uh, Rattlesnake Ray is my co-host. Uh, he lives down in Arizona on the border. And he informed me that there were quite a number of ISIS uh, coming across the border. Is that the same situation in the San Diego area? No. In San Diego, um, I've been very blessed to be able to, 
to have spoke to the right people on both sides of the border. And we've been very, very lucky here that uh, basically it has not been that bad. Most of it is being down in the uh, eastern borders and stuff. You asked me about the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese have, are very much uh, coming into Mexico. They, they, uh, they had 16 countries march in the parade in Mexico City for the 16th of September, which is the Independence Day. And the countries that marched in support of Mexico were the Russians, the Chinese, the Cubans, and several other countries that we would not be too appreciative, like North Korea. Um, I know that the North Koreans have been down there. And, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to stabilize our relationship with this country because they're right next door to us. I would rather be friends with Mexico than to be their enemies. And uh, I think Trump said that the other day. With yeah, Russia. Uh, you're true. The, the, the problem with uh, Venezuela, Venezuela had, uh, I think, the third highest oil reserves in the world. And look at them now. They're eating out of garbage cans, uh, eating dogs. Uh, if they go to the hospital, they have to take their own medicine, their own uh, bandages, and, and so on. And that was Cuba that uh, did that to Venezuela. And I understand uh, North Korea is down there working with them uh, very heavily. Uh, I've seen their uh, all their military, the new uh, uh, military equipment that they have, and it's top-of-the-line military equipment. Uh, looks like either from Russia, China, or even North Korea. Uh, so I think we're being surrounded. I know Russia has put uh, 80,000 troops up at uh, uh, the Arctic uh, to counter uh, anything in Alaska so they can have a straight shot across the Bering Strait. Uh, it's, it's a very scary situation, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, talk to you about it because I know I've talked to you before. Uh, you know, you pretty thorough on what, what's going on down there, and so is Rattlesnake Ray out, out in uh, east. I know everything was shoved east uh, uh, when they put up that uh, fence. How, by the way, how is that fence working down there, San Ysidro? Is that working pretty well, good? I, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, it does have its problems. I mean, people are pretty ingenious, no matter what their country fund. They figured out ways of making holes and making gates and doing different things like that. But as a general rule, I would say that it's, we've had an improvement of probably 95% of what we had before. Our Border Patrol, you know, they're not perfect people. They make mistakes. They do dumb things like, like everybody else in authority. But as a general rule, they're, they're very good people that become very polite, um, which is, was a problem there for a while with our American citizens right on the border. Um, there were times that they would cross in people's fields and backyards and stuff and and be totally uh, irresponsible of, of people's private land. But they're working on it. They're getting better. Um, the U.S. Customs is uh, installing new border crossings now in Tijuana and other things. Um, let me tell you, I personally believe that the only way we're going to increase our, our uh, economy a little bit right now is we got to start bringing in some commerce from out of the country to buy stuff in the United States. And I think it's a good move by the United States not to make it easier to come across the border, but just to facilitate ways of, of being able to get across the border faster. Uh, because it, when people can't cross the border quickly to come shopping, they buy a lot of stuff. They buy tractors, they right. buy cars, they buy clothing, they buy you name it. Go to Disneyland, go to SeaWorld. They, they do everything over here. Now, Mr. You know? X, uh, you're being of excellent ancestry. How do you feel when... Uh... Yeah, somebody says, uh, oh, well, I'm against illegal immigration, and don't uh, call it illegal, uh, call it undocumented, or you're a racist if you uh, say anything like that. 
I I have a um, I, I have a T-shirt that says, "And I'm I'm an undocumented brain surgeon." I don't think you'd want me operating on your on your brain. Uh, but uh, how do you feel? I, you know, I, I'm just really upset over this when they keep using that racist term because uh, I, to me, the correct terminology is illegal alien. They're not immigrants uh, because they shouldn't be in the immigrant category. How do you feel about that when I say, hey, uh, let's get these illegal aliens out of here? Well, they, they don't belong in the country. They don't belong in Mexico if they come from Guatemala and they export them, whatever country they come into. Um, you know, right now, the big thing that's happening is, um, you know, we get people from, from the what I would consider terrorist countries coming into Mexico. They, they accumulate some money, and somebody dies, and they buy their birth certificates and stuff, and they end up learning the language, staying there for a while, and they come across into our country. I mean, these are terrorist people, okay? They come into the United States, and they come in, and they acclimate into our society legally with somebody else's papers. Um, you know, genealogically speaking, you'll find out that in Spain there was a lot of uh, people from the Middle East that were brought in by the Moors into the Iberian Peninsula. But me, myself, I mean, I just don't even bother thinking about what people think about me. You know, um, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, the, you know, with the term illegal alien. I think it's the correct terminology, because once you say illegal or undocumented immigrant, you're taking them out of the criminal criminality of it, which it is a cr uh, criminal action. Uh, when you, you know, Like I said, undocumented or uh, when they use undocumented immigrant. I hate to hear the word immigrant because you're putting them in the immigrant category, and then they can say you're against immigrants. We're not against immigrants. I know you're not against immigrants. So, Oh. You know, uh, my wife is an immigrant from Venezuela, uh, you know, but we had to do it the right way, uh, pay, uh, you know, thousands of dollars, but uh, do it right. But this has got to stop. Uh, I just got a question from uh, one of our uh, uh, viewers. Uh, well, viewers, uh, in fact, that brings up a question. Somebody asked me why I didn't want to do the TV show they wanted me to do. And I told them with radio, I don't have to shave or wear clothes. And. They said, well, what are, you, what are you wearing? I said, I'm sitting here naked with an AK-47 and a turban. So uh, that's that's why. But uh, something like $24.8 billion is uh, sucked out of the United States by all the money that's sent back by illegals back to Mexico. Uh, how do we stop that? Mm, that that's a big question because um, as far as I'm concerned, if people work for the money and they earn it, I mean, they earned it, and they can do as they please. That's America. But um, if, if it would have to be an understanding that the people that are sending back the money should have come into our country to live. That's why they got the green card. And they got to pay rent, and they got to pay everything that they need to do and stay and, and live in our country legally. I mean, um, you know, a lot of their business people, they export a lot more than that amount of money into private banks all around the world. And they hide the money from the regular people. But, yeah, well, uh, you know, the, the thing is, uh, they, they didn't earn it, I don't think. They, they stole it because they're here illegally. And it's the same way with a, uh, a Mexican woman or a, who, whatever country they come from. They come into the country and they have a child, and the child becomes a U.S. citizen. You know, that's like rewarding a bank robber, saying, hey, you, you made it. Uh, it's like the illegal Cubans. The illegal Cubans, once they... Uh, set foot on U.S. soil, and then they're processed. They get $10,000 in cash, free medical, 
and a low-interest business loan. Now, how can they earn it? Don't you think that if we had uh, employer verification, that would be one way for them to self-deport, you know, for us to get rid of all the criminal illegal aliens, get rid of the ones that have committed crimes, and then have, uh, you know, uh, uh, employer verification. I think that would be the way to do it. We're coming up fairly close to uh, break time here. And uh, I want to uh, remind you, you're listening to America Betrayed at uh, the American Voice Radio, www.theamericanvoiceradio. Uh, we're bought, uh, brought to us, you by nationalwritersyndicate.com. Uh, check out the website. You'll see the preview of the show each, each week, each, every Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Coast, 9 p.m. Uh, East Coast. And after the, the break, uh, we're going to be getting into uh, uh, the true story of Walter Pika, who, a.k.a. Uh, D.B. Cooper, and I'm also expecting a call from uh, Lupe Marino, whose father was a coyote. I've known her for over 20 years. She's put up a lot of abuse. She needs some help. So she's going to be coming on the show uh, to tell how you can help her if you like. She needs something to go fund me. She's quite a, quite a lady. She put up with a lot of, a lot of abuse from the uh, illegals because she's uh, Mexican. And uh, so let's do it. Mr. X, are you going to hang around for the second half? Uh, or we got to uh, go for a break right now. Are you going to hang around or, or, or what? Just, could I make one last statement that I think would fall into a new world order thing that you're talking about? Yeah. Um, the, the, the police at the border, they're in San Isidro in California. On the Mexican side of the border are now wearing patches that have three different flags on it. It has the Mexican flag, American flag, and the Canadian flag. So just, just play around with that in your head. You might be able to find it on the Internet, find a picture of it. It surprised and blew me away when I saw that. Okay, um, that's, the, that's the North America union that they want to put together. Uh, so, okay, Mr. X, are you going to hang around or, or do you have to go? Um, I think I'm going to go, John. Okay. okay, well, thanks very much. I'm going to have you on again uh, longer, maybe for the full show. Try to get more information. As we get close to the election, I think it's going to get pretty bad. So, But uh, hang around for the song. See if you like this first song. I think you might enjoy it. All right.
China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. AVR, American Voice Radio Network. Uh, tonight, uh, we just talked to uh, Mr. X uh, down in uh, close to Mexico about the situation going on down there with the Ill- illegal immigration and Donald Trump's uh, trip. Uh, we're also, don't forget, uh, you can check out our previews at nationalwritersyndicate.com and uh, go to www.theamericanvoice. Uh, Check out the other uh, shows on there where you're always going to hear the truth on uh, AVR Network. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, donate. Uh, Keep uh, shows like this on the air. Uh, You're not going to hear the truth on uh, the controlled media. I have a young lady on on the line now who I've known for many years. Uh, She's been fighting the the battle. She's been out there in the trenches. Uh, She's of Mexican uh, ancestry. Her father was a coyote. Uh, she really had a terrible uh, uh, time in uh, 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 growing up, and uh, she um, needs to take a trip to uh, Texas. Uh, her sister, Angie, uh, 
son was killed by illegal aliens. I think it was a paint roller driven through his head. And she needs to go there. She doesn't have the uh, resources right now to do it. In fact, I just found out she has developed cancer and she really needs to help. She's uh, asking for people to go to go to go fund me uh, to help her take this trip so she can take her aging grandmother also. Uh, she figures that may be her last trip to uh, Texas. And like I said, she's put up a lot of abuse. Uh, I've seen her being yelled at, spit on uh, by these illegal alien scumbags, and uh, she's really doing it. So, Loopy, uh, good evening. Hi, John. It's so nice to talk to you. Everybody needs to know that John is a hero, too. John went out to the border, got on his belly with cameras, one of the first people to sound the alarm that things were happening. My gosh, John is a great hero. Well, let's talk about you tonight, uh, Lupe. Thanks for the uh, compliment. Uh, but uh, I know you need to get to Texas. And how, how can people help? I mean, uh, they uh, just go to uh, GoFundMe and uh, and uh, do it that way, contribute? Yes. Well, if, if, if people have been paying attention to the election between uh, – Mr. Trump and uh, Mrs. Clinton, um, you're going to know that um, Mr. Trump has taken mothers and families under his wing that have actually lost children to illegal aliens. He's the first um, person to actually come out the way he has. You know, John, we've been doing this for, what, 25 years? We're trying to work with politicians, and uh, I think maybe it's because he's not a politician. He's reached out to these families, and uh, they um, put on um, one lady that doesn't even have family that, that is affected. She started something called the um, the Remembrance Project and the Stolen Lives Quilt. You could go to her website. Her It's the... Uh, uh, Remembrance Project by uh, Maria Espinoza, and um, what they're going to do is they're going to have the first national conference for all these families that have um, lost children to illegal aliens, uh, whether they be they were killed or murdered. But uh, everybody is going out there. They invited us to go, as you know. Angie was, uh, my sister Angie, was one of the first uh, uh, people to speak out about what was happening over here in California and that it was spreading all over the country, and it did. And, um, yes, all these years, as you know, John, uh, we've always spent our own money. We go on our own dime. Barbara Coe spent her fortune and her children's inheritance. I've spent my children's inheritance. Um trying to get the word out about illegal immigration. We've gone to Sacramento. We've gone to Washington, D.C. We've gone up and down this state. When the Miniman Project was happening, we we actually went to the border. We were at the border uh, numerous, numerous times. And uh, here we are all those times later, and, and more uh, Americans are dead at the hands of illegal aliens. And so... Um, I've actually run out of money. Like you said, I found out I had cancer, which um, I'm fighting right now, and I'm dealing with it. It's uh, making me a little bit weak, but um, my doctors have high hopes 
please pray for me. Pray for my surgeries that are coming up, the tests that are coming up. Um, but I do need a little bit of money to help me. I've, uh, I spend uh, the co-pays. I, I, I just, I'm working. I can't retire. I, I already worked for, for my employer 33 years, and I, I can't retire anymore because now That's I nice. have cancer. And I have to have insurance. Yeah, Lupe, how do you feel when I asked uh, Mr. X this, uh, who's uh, originally from Mexico, uh, when they call them undocumented immigrants, uh, these people? And, then, and if you call them an illegal alien, you're a racist. How do you feel about that? Oh, that is so crazy, John. They're, they're illegal aliens, unlawful foreigners. You know, uh, that battle, the illegal alien activists, actually won that battle they they um what is it they humiliated and embarrassed white america into feeling bad about calling them illegal aliens but that's what they are illegal aliens that's yeah. what the law says illegal now, aliens the term racist it came it was coined by a man by the name of trotsky a, a communist and it's been a very useful tool for him uh lupe uh, again uh, gofundme is where people have to go uh, to yeah. uh, uh, send money, uh, how do they do it? Lupe Marino, or uh, is that correct? I I, I think I'm actually uh, registered under. If it's not John, <clears throat> I should have looked it up, but I think it's either Lupe Morfin, M O R F I N. That's my maiden name. Uh, Moreno, M O R E N O, and I left Moreno on because every everybody knows Lupe Moreno for some reason, and nobody knows me by my maiden name. So okay. I'm stuck with Moreno for, I guess, until the day I die. Well, let's yes, hope people do. Go me or go, go to, uh, to uh, what is it, uh, the Remembrance Project, and you could follow the leads there. But my, my, my fund is under GoFundMe. Okay. All right, Lupe, uh, if you want to hang around for the show, uh, you can do that. If you have to go, you know, that's fine. I have to get on with the uh, I'm going to reveal who uh, uh, the true story of D.B. Cooper, uh, Walter Pika. So I've only got a few oh. minutes to uh, do that. If you want to hear this, is a pretty I, interesting. I think I'll listen to that. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll listen to you while, while I look through my, my stuff here. Okay. Okay, November God 4th. Bless 19... God bless you. Thank you. November 4th, 1971, he jumped, shouted the voice over the intercom. In this rain, he jumped, was the voice of the pilot whose 727 had just been hijacked, and the hijacker just jumped out with $200,000 of Northwest Airlines money. D.B. Cooper was an orphan who grew up fast in the streets of Flint, Michigan, who in his early years fell in with the wrong crowd and would end up sitting in jail cells. Like most kids growing up in the 40s, times were tough, and so was D.B. As a youth, D.B. would meet kids who would later become involved with gangsters, some mafia or teamsters. He would collect debts for some of them to make some fast money, as he was not afraid of anything or anybody. He was given order by a judge to go to prison or go into the Army. He decided to go into the 82nd Airborne with a couple of his buddies, Carl and Don. Okay, all this crap that you've read about or seen on television about D.B. Cooper is all a lie, and I'll tell you why. D.B., uh, his real name was Walter Pica. He was out drinking with a buddy of his who was in the 82nd Airborne in one night. He said, I'm going to hijack an airplane. And he said, oh, sure you are. Well, a couple of nights later, he put together a little briefcase with some railroad flares and some wires. And he got on the plane, and he uh, got the $200,000. Uh, 
and uh, he was going to jump out the side door. He didn't know he was on a 727. But uh, the stewardess, uh, I call them, still call them stewardesses, uh, the people, flight attendants, still stewardesses, uh, said, if you do that, you're going to be sucked into the engine. So she pointed out the rear staircase to him. He didn't have all that planned. Now, all he had on uh, for protective gear was uh, thermal pants underneath his pants. Uh, he had no goggles, anything else, but he, he was a pretty tough guy. And he jumped. Uh, he was probably about 12,000 feet, I think. It was raining. It was pretty cold. Uh, and when he jumped, he came down, and he saw uh, lights going over water, so he assumed it was a bridge. And uh, when he came down, he broke his left leg, and he took the money out. And some of the money had fallen out of the uh, packet and fell into the river. Now, the river that he came down landed was not uh, the Columbia, where they found $4,600 or something like that, but it was a tributary to it. They found the money four, four years later. Uh, so he... Uh, took the money out of the pack, uh, rolled it up in his uh, coat. He walked to the road, which is about a 1,000 yards. Uh, he got to the road, and he looked to the right, and he saw lights, and he walked up to the uh, lights. It was about a quarter of a mile up. And uh, when he walked in, his face must have been beet red. He had a broken leg. Uh, he asked for a phone because he didn't know where he was at. Uh, he wanted to call his friend Don to come and pick him up. He called his friend Don. He says, uh, Don, I did it. He said, did what? He says, uh, come and pick me up and I'll tell you. And uh, it took Don about three hours to get there. But he asked he uh, asked one of the truck drivers to get on the phone to tell Don how to get there, and he did. And in that three hours' time, he got to know this uh, uh, truck driver pretty well. And so then when uh, Don picked him up, um, they drove up to where he was living in the Heartline, uh, uh, Washington, then they went up to Canada, put the money in the uh, three different Canadian banks, and he went back to work. Uh, he was working uh, on the Grand Coulee Dam, the extension. And uh, one day, uh, three men came up to him in suits and said, you want to go to lunch? He thought they were bosses and said, sure. And uh, he uh, went to lunch, and halfway through lunch, one guy stands up and he says, you want to go to prison? No, from now on, you work for us. Uh, it was the FBI. They caught him. They turned him into an assassin. Now, prior to that. He was a, a cement man for the Teamsters. He put people in cement. Uh, he, he was, uh, before he died, he was not uh, really uh, happy about that. He uh, really felt that the people that he assassinated in the Middle East were for the government. Uh, they were enemies of, of, of the country. Now, I proved it beyond a reasonable doubt myself uh, that this was uh, D.P. Cooper, because uh, I was working all the time with his friend, uh, Charlie. And uh, i asked Charlie to uh, ask D.B. Walter uh, what was the name of the diner or the area that he jumped, and he gave a name. So I went to Google Earth. Uh, you looked at uh, trying to find a diner uh, on with Google Earth. I found one. I called them. Uh, they were not in business in 1971. I went back down the road, and there was a junction, and I saw an outline of a cement foundation, and there was a building next to it that said uh, truck repair. I called the truck repair guy. I said, was there a diner there in 1971? He said, yes. I said, what was the name of it? He said the name. It was the name that D.B. was trying to say. So Charlie and I went up to uh, Seattle, flew up to Seattle. We took a, a metal detector because we were going to try to find remnants of the parachute metal parts. And I called the Seattle Film Institute ahead of time, and I said, look, uh, I'm a filmmaker, uh, but um, – I'm bringing uh, D.P. Cooper's best friend with me, and 
could you put together a film crew to document us looking for the parachute? And uh, I, I could probably hear the laughter in the background. Oh, yeah, sure, you're bringing uh, yeah, D.B. Cooper's best friend. And so I gave him uh, Charlie's real name. Uh, Charlie was a world-class skydiver himself uh, with a uh, bat suit. And uh, so when I got up there, uh, there was a gentleman waiting at the door for us, and he, uh, right away he recognized Charlie. Obviously, they looked him up on the Internet. And uh, as we're walking down the hall to the boardroom, I told Charlie, let me do all the talking. I don't want to mention anything about the FBI or CIA or anything. Don't want to scare them off. And we went into the boardroom, and there were about 10, 12 people there, including the director of the Institute. And they were all excited. Uh, you know, what are the logistics of doing it? And uh, we were telling them. And then uh, one kid across the table looked at me and says, this is dangerous, isn't it? I said, at this point, probably not. But, yes, it looked like he wanted to run out of the room. They realized we were for real. And so Charlie and I, they dropped out. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Charlie and I went to uh, uh, where I figured he landed. And we got there. We couldn't get into the brush. It was very thick. Uh, first, we looked for the diner, uh, the remnants of the diner. Couldn't find anything. I looked at the pad. Couldn't find gasoline outlets or anything. And so we went into town, and we talked to a couple of people that had, used to go to the diner. It wasn't where I thought it was. It was across the street. In a sense, a firehouse has been built there. So, And then Charlie also found the guy who helped DB that night. And that guy tried to... Uh, tell people in the town that it was D.B. that landed there, but they wouldn't listen to him because the FBI said he landed uh, uh, 200 miles away in, in another area. Uh, we couldn't get into the brush. It was so overgrown, but it was uh, pretty funny because a wild turkey started chasing Charlie at one point, so it was somewhat of a comical thing, but it wasn't funny. Now, if we had found remnants of the parachute, we were going to turn it over to uh, a gentleman who had packed the parachutes uh, for the FBI, who had given them to uh, DB. And when I got back to uh, my home, Charlie called me. He says, guess what? Well, the gentleman we were going to turn the, pair, uh, the parts over to was found bludgeoned to death. Uh, that showed me that the FBI knew that we'd gone up there, uh, but uh, didn't know if we'd found anything. But then I thought about it, and I thought it was probably the people at the Seattle Film Institute that called them and told them what we were going to do. And so it, it, this was D.B. Cooper's old name was Walter Pika. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, Charlie's book. will be coming out uh, pretty soon about it. And uh, also a film. Uh, they've already verified all the uh, information. Uh, it, I found out through uh, Walter Pika, who's killed Jimmy Hoffa, because he was there when Jimmy Hoffa was shot. And uh, also I found out who killed my cousin Marilyn Monroe uh, through uh, uh, Walter Pika. Uh, he passed away about a year and a half ago. Uh, like I said, he regretted all the work he did for the Teamsters, uh, but not the work he did for the government. But from what he told Charlie, it sounds like they uh, programmed him like they did with Sir Hans Sir Han, uh, with, our, uh, sublim art, uh, with audio and visual subliminal programming. Because Charlie said there are certain words, even up until the day, time he died, that he could, couldn't say without his tongue swelling up. Uh, he had to meet at hotels and, and so on. But we're working for a uh, sinister, uh, evil government. Uh, very, very bad. Uh, the Clinton-Bush crime families have controlled the White House for many, 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 many years. Uh, George Bush was probably involved with the CIA when they killed JFK. 
Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about JFK Jr.'s assassination also in the next co- a couple of weeks, along with uh, uh, JFK and RFK, instead of the crap that they uh, fed, the, fed the public by the controlled media. Uh, JFK, RFK, JFK, and also Martin Luther King we're going to get into. So I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Um, like I said, I took off for a number of years um, I didn't think I'd be coming back, but there was all this information that I had to get out, get on record. Uh, these are, uh, I'm just tired of the uh, public being lied to. And the only place you're going to hear the truth is here at AVR. You're not going to hear it, but well, you might hear it maybe a few other places. Uh, but uh, this has been going on uh, uh, for so long. Also, I wanted to remind people that, you know, there were four incidences from the Bible that have been proven beyond a reasonable dot, uh, doubt. Ron Wyatt uh, proved that Noah's Ark uh, exists. It wasn't on Mount Ararat. It was on the mountains of Ararat. Uh, they ha- now have it open to the public. Also, he found uh, where they crossed, uh, uh, where Moses parted the sea, they found uh, uh, the wheels of the chariots on the bottom. Uh, he also found Sodom and Gomorrah and also uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Ark of the Covenant, uh, they, they, there was some dark stuff that had dripped down to it. He took samples back and found out there were only 24 chromosomes. It was uh, dried blood. Uh, also, with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, they couldn't figure out um, why God would do that, but I think they found a plaque that said it was the first National Democratic Convention. So that's uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. That's my thought uh, for the night. But I hope you join us next Wednesday where you be talking about JFK Jr. or JFK or RFK or my old buddy uh, uh, Ted Gunderson. And uh, if you uh, go to National Writer Syndicate, you can see a preview of each show uh, beforehand. That's www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. Uh, AVR is www.theamericanvoice.com. And check it out. There, You're going to hear the truth there. Uh, don't forget, there are 300 sanctuary cities which we have to end. And I hope you uh, tune in next week. And I hope you n- enjoy the music. And here's one of my favorite singers of all time to end the show. See you next week. And uh, now the end is near. And so I face final curtain my friend I'll say it clear I'll state my case of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I traveled each and every highway I did what I had to do, saw it through without exemption, 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. And this is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show, ladies and gentlemen, for Tuesday evening, the 13th day of September, 2016. It just turned five minutes past the 8 o'clock hour. I'm out here on the Pacific Time Coast, state of Washington. So that means, being live, that uh, you can go to the American Voice 
com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Now, that's the website, ladies and gentlemen, for the network that you're listening on. And once you get there, you can you can attempt to get into the chat room, and you really should try and do that. If you don't want to do that, you just want to sit back and listen, that's fine, too. Or you can call in 1-800-932-1980. That is the call-in number. If you call in, Frank will answer, and he will put you on air. He will let me know that someone has called in, and I would be glad to speak with you this evening. I have a website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. Not much really new on there. Uh, work is hectic and busy, so I've uh, I haven't taken a break or anything from it. A couple of reasons why maybe there's not uh, you know really anything of any substance on there. I mean, I maybe I'm not saying I ran out of gas or anything like that. I'm still uh, very much uh, committed to my blog and to my website, my blog in particular, because that's just basically what my website is. It's just basically my blog. There's some other things on there, and and yeah, I encourage you to check that out. I do have a YouTube channel. I still have not posted anything on that YouTube channel, but you can go there and subscribe and that would be helpful. Just go to YouTube and type in condition critical show and I should, it should come up. Uh, It should be fairly simple to do. Uh, So why don't uh, you, uh, you folks that are listening, go there and subscribe. And I promise that I will get something up on there. Uh, I just have to, I just have to do it. And it's, uh, there's really no other excuse other than I just haven't done it. So, there you go. What else? I think that's about it. I don't think I've left really anything administrative out. I kind of want to just get on with the show, as they say. I'm only on for an hour. Uh, well, where to start off? Hillary Clinton? Nah, not really. That's kind of been beaten dead. The only thing I'll say is, I mean, look, I mean, we have been proven right. Everybody knew that the woman was sick. Everybody knew it. And it was the media that just kind of buried it and kind of shoved everything under the rug and Oh, no, she's not, and she's fine, and whatever. So let's just not talk about Hillary Clinton this evening other than what I've just said. Let's move on. What I want to start off with with this, with this evening, folks, is a, not necessarily an update, but somewhat of a continuation to the homeless situation that I spoke about last week. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because there's some, well, it's, it's an ongoing thing, it's, and it is a big deal up there in the city of Seattle, okay, uh, it just is, and let's. There's a there's a few articles here that I kind of want to reference, and please stay tuned because I do plan on in the second half of the show doing some gun talk. Okay, that's going to be important. I, I'm going to want you guys to 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 stay tuned in and to listen to the gun talk. If you, I know people get scared uh, about the gun talk, especially when it comes from white people. So um, there's MS. I see you in the chat room. Hello, MS. Yeah, people get scared of gun talk, especially when it comes from uh, white guys that have a shaved head and tattoos. So there you go. Okay, let's just get on with this homeless thing. And where do I want to start off with it? Mm, Let's see here. Which one? Well, let's start off with this one. Yes, let's get to the headline. And these are all going to be out of the, uh, these are all from the local station here, King 5 News. I'll give it a second to, uh, my device to load up. This isn't the one I wanted. So how do you like that? I thought I clicked the right one. That's what I thought. Hold on. Yeah. Let's try that again. One second. Okay. Let's see. Well, the headline doesn't be coming up the way I wanted to. That's the one I, uh, let's just try this a different way. The headline is, 
Let's see if I can find it. Hundreds of homeless camps along the freeway. And I spoke about this last week. Hello, MS. I'm T- I was saying hello to MS in the chat room for the folks uh, listening there. Let me try this a different way. Uh, I mentioned it last week about the homeless camps that you can see. Uh, and they're right along the freeway. Some right out in the open. If you know what, like, the gore point is, like, say, on a freeway, like, say, an exit ramp or something like that, you have, like, this, this like, diamond, not diamond, like a triangle-shaped area, right, where you got the, uh, you got the freeway that, that, say, runs, say, you're going northbound, and you're going to exit off on the freeway, and you got this, like, gore point that starts off from the, at a point, and then it kind of goes, kind of, you know, kind of, protrudes out, if you will, like as a V, and there's like the, just like some dead zone there. It's just they call it the gore point. Okay, I, I hope I'm describing that correctly. Well, you have people, you have people camped with tents and, and, and makeshift shelters, okay, in the gore points of, of some freeway off-ramps, okay? And that's important for me to, 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 to tell you that because of, of an article I'm going to reference here in a, in a second here. And in addition to the gore points where they're camping out, they're underneath these elevated, a large portion of, of, uh, of I-5 in, in Seattle through downtown. Uh, large portions of it are what they call elevated freeway. And so they're underneath these elevated sections. And I don't know why. And, and here's the thing. I don't know why you would want to camp, certainly in the gore point of a freeway off-ramp. I, I, I don't, you know, okay. I, I could think of a lot of other places, including underneath these freeways, because it's it's got to be, the noise has to be, it would drive you insane. Now, I, I would just think that it would be the noise. If, and forget about the pollution. Are you kidding me? So anyway, I, you would think. There's got to be other places to camp, but apparently not because there. And again, now hundreds. And I, I wish I could. Let me see here. Let me try it on this device. It wasn't coming up for me correctly. Let me just. Uh, there's that one. This is the one I was looking for. One second. Still, it's coming up. Well, let's just. Uh, this is the headline, and there's going to be an uh, maybe a redundant article here. So just stick with me here. Here's the headline. Again, this is out of King 5 News. Headline, Seattle, Murray. Now, Murray's the homo mayor, and it's important to point out that Ed Murray is a homosexual. Okay, It's important to point that out. He's not a regular person. He's a disgusting, degenerate, vile individual, and he's the mayor of Seattle. So let's see. Okay, Murray, and then it's taxpayers may need to step up to solve Seattle homeless crisis. Now, that, the headline in and of itself raises a lot of questions that I'm going to get into here, but let's just start off with the article. The place where a homeless person in a tent was struck and killed by a car Monday morning along Interstate 5 is on Washington State DOT property. Now, I had mentioned, you know, the homeless people camping in these core points. Well, the other night, a drunk driver, apparently, and he's since been arrested, uh, just, you know, crashed into a tent and, and killed. A, I don't know how many people were in the tent. If it was just a single person, killed a homeless person, right? And then abandoned the car and what have you. The cops found him and I, he's in jail and it's going to be adjudicated and whatever and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and, and, and look, you know, driving drunk, you shouldn't do it. And you run into somebody and kill them. It's, you know, you gotta, you gotta take care of that. But camping, pitching a tent, you know, where these tents in this, this particular tent homeless person was camped out uh, on the exit ramp 
And literally, okay, again, in the gore point of this exit ramp of uh, 50th Street, Northeast 50th Street, which is like the U District. And it's, I mean, come on. This is very, this is a very uh, busy section of the freeway at all hours of the evening. And at nighttime, and you get what you get. So, and it's unfortunate, but anyway, uh, this person, there's a homeless person dead because of this. And, and so, you know how when things, it's like, well, now we got to do something, I guess. And this is now Murray's coming out and I'm going to, I'm going back and forth a bit here. So just bear with me. And it's saying taxpayers may need to step up to solve Seattle uh, homeless crisis. Now, just let me speak to the headline briefly here. See, Seattle, just like every other city out there, they're in debt. They have no money. Uh, they basically don't really have a tax base. You know, they've driven the working man out, and they don't really have a tax base. Okay. Yeah, they get some tax revenue and so forth. Uh, but what they've done over the years is they've had to do uh, drastic, and I would even say extreme measures, and retarded measures, by the way, to raise money. Uh, namely, you have to pay to park everywhere in Seattle. And I mean everywhere. I mean, if, if, there's a, if there's a little bit of space, they've got parking meters in there, okay? That, and it didn't used to be that way. For instance, when you would used to go to like a Seattle Mariners or a Seattle Seahawks game, if you didn't want to pay to park close to the stadium or in the stadium parking garages, you could park underneath the Alaska Way Viaduct. Now, it was quite a ways walk, if you will, and it was, okay, wasn't secure or anything like that, but there was a lot of parking. I mean, you could, uh, uh, thousands of spots just underneath the viaduct, right? Uh, well, you see, that became a source of revenue. It's just like anything else with the government when they see something. Hmm, that's a source of revenue. So they tried to, to start metering the parking, but that wasn't working. So what did they do? They just fenced it all off. So who knows how much money they spent fencing that off, all, all off, right? But they did it, and it worked. Jersey dividers, cyclone fences, uh, log booms, you name it. You ain't parking there anymore. you got to go somewhere and park where you're going to have to pay. That was one of the steps they took. Another measure that they took was expanding the times when you had to pay to park. Like it used to be from like 7 in the morning to maybe 5 o'clock at night, right? And the weekends were free. Not anymore. Now you pay from, I believe it's, Eight in the morning or seven in the morning, you could check it out, but it's at least until eight in some places, 10 o'clock at night, right? Are you kidding me? And no more free weekends. Okay, so that was one of the drastic measures that they took, and a couple of them actually, okay? And so, and so with, you know, again, with the city being broke, those are some of the measures that they take. And so just by reading this headline, I read into that. Taxpayers may need to step up to solve the homeless crisis because the, the city doesn't have any money to do it. So they always have to go to the taxpayer, which they don't have that many working people, actual taxpayers living in the city. You say, oh, they've driven them all out. Okay. I hope I made my point. Let's just continue on with this article. Again, I'll start over. The place where a homeless person in a tent was struck and killed by a car Monday morning along Interstate 5 is on Washington State DOT property. The agency says it is doing what it can to clean out these areas. But Seattle Mayor Ed, the homo Murray, says city taxpayers may need to do more. Well, no, Ed, no. Okay, uh, wrong. Wait, who elected who here? Who's in charge? Who's supposed to be running this thing? Follow me? Okay, I, I don't want to just go off on a tangent here, but no, that's not how things work there, uh, homo, Ed, the homo Murray. Taxpayers don't need to do more. I would say taxpayers are doing enough. 
as much as they can. Now it's time for you to do something. You see, but you, you don't know what to do because you're an idiot. The crash happened at Northeast 50, at the Northeast 50th Street off-ramp from northbound I-5 in Seattle. The Washington State Patrol says the driver, suspected being under the influence, and it's since come out that he was, fled on foot and was captured at his home. Murray, who declared a homelessness state of emergency earlier this year, said it's the latest example of the crisis the city is facing. Here's a quote. It's obvious that we cannot allow people to stay in places that, that aren't safe for them. But then the question comes up, where do we move people? Well, let's address that. It's obvious that we can't allow people to stay in places that are not safe for them. Yeah, that, that is obvious. But then the question comes up, where do we move them? Well, he's, he's already moved large groups of homeless people to places where people don't want them. I mentioned Ballard as a, as a neighborhood in uh, the, the north of downtown Seattle, very working class. It's where the fisherman's terminal is, very ethnic Norwegian, Swedish, uh, if, if anybody's familiar with the Ballard area, uh, that's where he moved him. Okay, that's where he moved these homeless people, and of course the people there didn't want it. Again, he doesn't move them to Magnolia, Medina, or any of these high-end places uh, you know, in Seattle, uh, certain places on Capitol Hill, and so forth. No, you move them to, to where the working people live. That's what you do. Let me continue on. Again, that was a quote from Murray, So, and he says again, where do, where do we move them? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Here's another quote. That's why we led with an effort to expand authorized encampments. That's why we signed the state of emergency. And that he's just referencing sending people, uh, these homeless people, to where other people don't want them. Murray said it's impossible for the city to be able to deal with this issue on both city property and state property, even if it's within the city limits, he's saying. We want our area to be safe for drivers, and we don't want these encampments on there and homeless people on there for the safety of everybody, said Chris Olson. Washington State DOT spokesman, look, the Washington State DOT uh, has a specific mission and a specific function, and that is to, like, maintain the roads in these specific areas. And they're fully capable of doing so, but see, the, the mayor's not letting them. He's not letting them. He's basically usurping, and that's how I see it, their authority. They have the authority on these gore points and underneath these elevated roadways and so forth. The DOT has come out repeatedly, and I don't have any examples of it, but just trust me, they've come out repeatedly and said, we can take care of this. But see, the, the, the mayor doesn't want that for whatever reason. And again, like I said last week, I believe he's doing it to incite people. Let me continue on. Olson says Washington State DOT goes in regularly and cleans out the encampments, but can only do it every couple of months because of how many there are. Quote, when you have hundreds of encampments, it's difficult to get to them as often as we would like to get to them. And we know many of the folks who use these will move across the street or down the block. We'll clean an area, and they'll be back within a day or so. So we can't be there all the time. And that was from Olson. Mr. Olson, or is it a, yes, Chris Olson. Well, I don't know if that's a, they just, it's a spokesperson. It's gender neutral. So I don't know if that's a male or a female. That quote was from Chris Olson, and it's a Washington State DOT spokesperson just to have the, uh, the facts correct there. Let's see. The article continues on. Murray said taxpayers may have to step up to pay for a long-term solution. And again, folks, we're already paying. Now, look, it's one big pot, essentially, out here in this tri-county area of Pierce, King, Snohomish. And that one big pot is King County uh, because it's so Marxist and liberal and, and just bad. It's like a black hole. They just, they just, it's so immense 
their 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 insanity and their stupidity is that they just suck everything dry. So we're all paying, even me, little old me down here in Pierce County, for the problem. Because that's how things work. I mean, things are like dominoes and things just that's, that's just kind of how things happen. Okay. So nice try there, Ed Murray. But here's the thing. Now here here's the thing. Because he just floated that idea. That and he look, he knew what he was doing when he when he said what he said. They they know these politicians know what they're doing. They're basically just floating it out there. And in such a way where after he does it, right? He can say, well, look, uh, uh, we talked about this like uh, uh, three months ago or six months or a year ago, and nobody seemed to to care or to be concerned about it. And and this is basically where it becomes like a call to action. And anybody that's listening in the general area here needs to call their state representatives and put the kibosh on this type of rhetoric. We don't need to hear this from the politicians. That's all the politicians know how to do is beg for money or to steal money from, from the public. Because, look... Does anybody in their right mind think that, let's just say, for instance, they get some tax measure and whatever, tax measure X to take care of the homeless problem, right? And they collect X amount of dollars. How much money, of, how much of that do you think is actually going <laughs> to, don't even have to go there because we already know it will not solve anything. It won't, it won't solve anything. In fact, it'll probably make it worse. That's just a fact. Now, is that me being cynical? Or, no. Absolutely not. I don't believe so. It speaks for itself. And, and now the article goes on. Let's see here. Hold on. Long-term solution. Here's another quote from the homo. It is my hope that the answer for the city of Seattle is that we've stepped up and the state and federal government will step up. So now see what he's doing there. But if they won't, we can't simply stand by and let this humanitarian crisis grow, said Murray. See how he's doing it? But the mayor was not able to offer any short-term solution to the life-threatening situation that could be put into effect before any type of uh, tax-raising ballot measure could take place. Well, of course not. Again, because he doesn't have, he doesn't have a solution. For the life of him, if he were to sit down and you were to torture him, he does not have a solution. He does not know what to do. He's incapable of handling the situation because he's incompetent. Doesn't seem to matter to the people up there in Seattle, though, because they're, they, they keep electing, and he was reelected, this moron. Unbelievable. Olson says Washington State DOT is walk, uh, working closely with the city of Seattle's task force on homelessness and working to stay consistent with the city for notification of when the camps, uh, camp cleanups will happen. Olson says Washington State DOT currently gives the camps 72 hours notice. The death of now here, here, here's going to talk about this this fellow this homeless fellow, the death of Walter Burton, 19, 19 years old, ladies and gentlemen, that's how old this fellow was. This homeless person living in a tent on the freeway, essentially. Okay, again, on the freeway, essentially, on the freeway. Not not the smartest place to live there, uh, Walter. Uh, okay, now I I'm just saying. The death of Walter Burton, 19, also serves as a reminder to the needs of the area's younger homeless population, advocates say. In its annual count of youth living living in unstable or unsheltered housing, King County determined 824 people between 12 and 25 years of age are homeless. That sounds kind of low to me, but it's still a high number. That figure is the same as uh, in 2015, which is a positive indication for outreach efforts. Uh, Nice try. That's bunk. They just put that in there 
to kind of make people think, oh, well, there, geez, okay, so at least it hasn't risen. Uh, I mean, we would have liked to have seen it decline, but it hasn't risen. Uh, and so, yeah, they're really trying here. Bull! I mean, look, haven't you been listening, people, to, to what I've just been talking about previous? They don't have a clue. So what, what previous? What, what previous or positive indications for outreach efforts are, can you give me? You can't. <laughs> Excuse me. But for Layla Adams, 15, city leaders can do more. It's a topic she planned to bring up early in October when she formally joins the Seattle Youth Commission. The thing I hear most is, and this is a quote from uh, Layla Adams, a 15-year-old, and it doesn't say whether or not this, this female is homeless or not. Here's a quote from her. The thing I hear most is they want to get their education and they want to get a job, said Adams of her experience uh, volunteering at, at shelters, at area shelters. But they don't have the experience because they're kids. Well, whatever. I mean, that's, yeah, whatever. Sounds like she might be somebody who would like kind of support like Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, this is a, they want to get their education, but they want to get that for free. And I'm not necessarily sure they want to get a job. Uh, because, well, well, I guess it wouldn't matter because there's really not that many jobs out there anyway. So, okay, moot point. All right. That's one article. And I wish the other one would come up the way I wanted it to, but it won't. And, and now, now here's the one, this is kind of going to maybe go backwards and not necessarily, but this is the one about the, the, the homeless fellow, uh, particularly. And I think it's important to kind of, to, to get an understanding of this better, to just read this article. The, he- the headline is homeless. Neighbors mourn man killed in tent along I-5. And again, that's how it's described because that's where the tent was, ladies and gentlemen. Get your Google Maps out and look at the exit ramp for Northeast 50th Street going northbound on inter- like northbound towards Canada on Interstate 5, exiting off onto Northeast 50th Street in the U District. That would be just as you cross the uh, Ship Canal Bridge there. Very busy. And the Gore Point itself, and look, I go past, I just went past there I go past there like almost every night. I, I go past there. And at times, I get off at that exit. And I, and I see these tents, uh, bunkers, you know, with pallets or whatever. And I think to myself, you know, you know, I'm in a semi and I'm coming off the, you know, the freeway at pretty good speed. And, you know, they, they carry a lot of wind and such, right? And I'm surprised I don't blow some of these uh, structures over. I, maybe I have in the dark. I don't know. I you know, I, I don't like uh, like intentionally try and get close to to the structures, but uh, again, it's just it's not a. I don't understand why you would camp there. I'm sorry. I mean, I I would like to think if I was a homeless fellow, and there, but for the grace of God, go I, and I'm not. I would like to think that I could find a better place to camp. I'm sorry. <sighs> the King County Medical Medical Examiner's Office identified a homeless man killed in the tent along Interstate Five Monday morning as Walter Burton, 19 years old. Burton was struck by a driver during the Monday morning commute at the Northeast 50th Street ramp from northbound I-5, blah, blah, blah. We read that. Okay. Homeless people who live near the scene say the victim was also known as Walter Stroud. God rest his soul, said Brandon Fisher, who lingered at a nearby intersection Monday hours after a driver ran heading northbound, uh, left the road near Northeast 50th Street and collided with Burton's tent. I don't know how you collide with a tent. I think you just run it over. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think you really collide with a tent when you're in an automobile. I think you just run it over. He was a street kid out here at the U District, just like uh, most of us are. 
But at heart, he's a good kid, or he was a good kid, Fisher said. According to King County Records, Burton was a registered sex offender who was not complying with offender requirements. Records show he also spent time in jail last year following convictions on three counts of voyeurism. But see, this brings up a whole nother, this just brings up a whole nother topic or a whole nother discussion, really. Okay. The U District has a, a huge problem with this type of thing, this voyeurism and these uh, people breaking into dorms and raping women. I, I, they just do. Now, it's underreported. Uh, it just is because, of course, the city doesn't want to, doesn't want people to think we can't control this because they obviously can't. I mean, here's a registered sex offender living in a tent right along the freeway. He and they're they're already saying. Uh, let's see here that that he that he's uh, not complying with the, his requirements. Well, I mean, he's right there in a tent along the freeway. Everybody knew him in the U District. It, it's saying here that it's, it's what I'm getting. He was a street kid, he, and he was a good kid at heart. And you know, maybe he was. And by the way, he's a. Uh, how do you say this? He's a person of color. I don't know if that makes a difference, but I can tell you what, if he were not a person of color, it would make a difference. So it's just important to, to kind of point that out, that uh, this fellow is a person of color. Well, the break has caught up to me rather quickly there, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, stay tuned and we'll continue on. See you after the break.
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan, and you are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. My live show, ladies and gentlemen, 13th day of September 2016, just turned 39 minutes past the 8 o'clock hour. And let's just continue on with the show. A little speed metal there. Uh, Just a little bit of speed metal there with Testament. Before that, Sunstorm. Check them out. I think you'll like them. Okay. Now, I want to point something out. Uh, I I, I went off on a tangent there. As you know, I missed the break somewhat. (laughs) Excuse me. Let me go back. I mean, a drunk, and this is a quote from Frank in the chat room. I mean, a drunk driver runs over a sleeping man. And the narrative is to somehow try to divert the blame to the to the homeless. What if it was little Susie walking to school? Then it would be all the evil drunk driver. And you know, you're and Frank, you're right. And I think I said that. That's exactly what I was thinking as I was reading the article and, and earlier before I went to break. So that's exactly what I was thinking. I was reading them, and in my head as I'm reading, I'm going, "This is. I mean, this is exactly what they do, and it's, and it isn't right. And perhaps you know." But at the same time, uh, it did bring up another aspect of the, you know, it just brought up another aspect of, of the whole thing. And it is part of the problem. It is, it is a component uh, of, of the problem. And I'll just finish with the article. Uh, and, and, but that's, that's very true. That's what they do. They want to just kind of, and it's, look, it's easy to do. He's a sex offender. He's a, he's a multiple arrest and who knows what else, uh, Right. And it's just easy. And that's that's just the way it is. I, I, you know, I don't like it any more than you do. Uh, Let's see here. God rest his soul, said Brandon Frazier, who lingered. And I said that here it goes here. Yeah, said that according to, let's see. And still don't believe it. I'm just trying to get to some more of the pertinent things that I wanted to get here. 18 year old Cameron Van Horn lives nearby and volunteers with uh, groups that hope the homeless. She did not know the victim, but planned to lay a flower right. It's really upsetting hearing that someone was forced to be in a situation that they already were probably uncomfortable or didn't feel safe in, and then someone else took their life. Yeah, right. Here's another quote. The side of the highway has to be one of the most degrading and honestly one of the most challenging places to live in and call your residence, Van Horn added. I think I said that. I mean, I would have thought of a different place to live. There's a picture of the fella here. It doesn't say he's mentally ill. He looks mentally competent. And granted, when when you're that low, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, I mean it in a very matter-of-fact way. I mean, it, what, he's 19, he, was 19, he was 19 years old? I mean, his, he had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah, he, he, he had some problems, okay? I don't, the whole sex offender thing, I have a problem with sex offenders, but, I mean, you can, in Washington State, you can get, you can be labeled a sex offender by urinating, on this, you know, like say you stop your car out in the middle of nowhere and you even run around to the other side of the car and you're taking a leak. State patrol pulls up. They can arrest you and you will, they can, you can become a sex offender just like that. So I'm just saying, I, I do have a problem with it though. But the guy had his whole life ahead of him and it's unfortunate. And obviously the, the guy, that, that ran into him and it's been kind of found out that he was un- intoxicated or under the influence of something. And, and it's his fault, obviously. Okay. Even if he weren't drunk and, and, you know, and it was an accident, it would still be his fault. Uh, 
you know, I mean, there's been some comments and you can read that there's only a few comments in the comment section and people kind of say the same thing as I am. It's like, wow, an off ramp. I mean, was he like right in the roadway? And no, I'm familiar with that area, but pretty close. I mean, pretty close. It's just not a good place. I don't, I I don't want to, you know, I don't know that I can overstate that enough because it's just not a good place to live there. uh, Ladies and gentlemen. That's about it on the article. I don't want to really continue on with it. I just wanted to bring this to your attention this week. And Frank actually posted something in the chat room. And let me see if I can find it here. Ten cities. And I apologize. I don't keep up with the chat room very well. I'm not as good as uh, some others are. And when I get talking about things, here's a headline. And this is from Zero Hedge. Ten cities full of homeless people are booming in cities all over America as poverty spikes. It has to be something. I don't think people just one day say, uh, hey, uh, uh, Betty, yeah, what's, your, what's up, Bob? Hey, get the kids. Let's, uh, let's move out. What do you say? Well, geez, uh, Bob, where, where are we going to go live? I was thinking uh, underneath the freeway up there in, in Seattle. I was just thinking. There's some, I was up there looking the other day, took the bus up, some prime spots up there. Gee, Bob, I don't know. Yeah, go get the kids. It'll be fun. I don't think people do that. Okay. I don't think people do that. Yeah. I've been a little critical of people, particularly this fellow, you know, for choosing where he decided to pitch his tent. But, you know, I don't think that they just decide one day, you know, I don't think two years ago this fellow said, you know, I just can't wait to live in the Gore Point of Northeast 50th Street off ramp and I-5. I just, that's my... You know, I walk past that. I just, um, you know, and I hope somebody doesn't take it because that's where I want to live. Of course not. Of course not. And there has to be a reason why. And that's what is this? This must be some kind of a dirty little secret. But see, it really isn't a dirty little secret because I have eyes that can see. And a lot of people obviously don't. And I mean that to offend. People really need to wake up and see what's going on out there. You know, uh, and I'm, I, 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 I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only one that when he drives up the freeway sees these things and just wonders, just wonders what in the hell is going on. And, you know, it would be different because, look, there's always been homeless people and you've always had people camping, and, and, you know, homeless people, and, you know, living in a doorway or or something like that. And if it were just a few random campsites, if you will along the freeway up there, uh, you know, and I, along I-5 in Seattle, it would be one thing, but it's not, ladies and gentlemen. You actually try just Google, and you could probably see pictures of this stuff. It's unbelievable. And this is, they're, they're, some of these places, some of these encampments are just that. They, they, an encampment is, like, plural, a lot, okay? And you'll have tents butted up against one another. And they'll have, they'll be stretched out. It looks it's like it looks like the carnivals in town, right? And they got campfires, and you know they they just and mounds of garbage, mounds of garbage in all of these locations. Look, there's a couple of them. They're pretty well kept. I have to say, I have to say, there's one. If you're heading southbound and you're kind of just past kind of right in line with uh, the King, not the Kingdom anymore. It's like Questfield or whatever. And they got what they call these collector distributor lanes. And they're kind of off to the right. And then you got the main line, I-5, boom, right? And you got, you know, 
you got like a place in between that, right? It ain't much of a place, but it's, it's, you ought to see that. I mean, they got some pretty big tents. There's five or eight of them. And it's like, and two months ago, there was only maybe one or two. And they got like a little fire pit and they got like a little trash pile. They have lawn chairs. I kid you not. And I just say to myself, wow, I mean, okay, I get it, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I would I would choose somewhere else. But my point is, ladies and gentlemen, that these things are, they are everywhere. And so there has to be a reason why. And this article from Zero Hedge, and I'm not going to read from the article, the headline speaks for itself, as poverty strikes, not as prosperity strikes. Because if you listen, and I really wanted to get into the gun talk, but I guess it's just not going to happen. But tune in tomorrow evening, ladies and gentlemen, because I promise we're going to talk about the guns. Okay. I don't want to digress too much, but you're going to want to stay tuned for the gun talk. Okay, trust me. Let's get back on track here. You know, if you listen to the news out there, and look, I get these blips, right? I get them, the the blip from AP or, uh, uh, you know, uh, USA Today or or CNN or or whatever, right? And I just got one uh, earlier, uh, driving home. Uh, You look at it. what was it? And I don't have it. I don't save them. And I can't remember it verbatim, but it was all good stuff. It's like, uh, uh, what was it? It was something like, uh, uh, real wages are up. Uh, more jobs have been created, uh, employment, unemployment's down and, and, and it's bunk, right? It's nonsense. And, but they just say it right. And then you say it. And apparently the vast majority of people are, let me get back into the chat room here. I, po- I apologize. Hold on. To kind of see. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.